This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now... Enjoy the show. Hello, this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, and you can't tell, but right now I'm dressed as Deacon and not the Fallen Angel because I'm at Waterworld, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast because there's degrees. There's a little bit busted open, but this is Busted Wide Open. You're listening to us, so thanks for listening. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 228. Finally able to sip on the nectar of the gods once again. That is the great power in you. My name is Nick Howell. Wow, and so excited about this show. I'm shaking like John Moxley when he talks about violence. I am Surrey and Dangerous, and welcome back to the show, everybody. We are busted wide open. We talk about the pro wrestlings here, and we have much pro wrestling to talk about. We've got AEW getting ready to go home to double or nothing. We've got NXT this week with some interesting developments, and we had mm-hmm. Friday night SmackDown. Uh, with the fallout from money in the bank. So we have a lot to discuss this week, Nick, so I don't want to hold you up. Let's do a little bit of housekeeping, and we can get in to all the good stuff. Yes, as always, guys, come over and join us on Facebook. And hey, by the way, I never say this enough. You can find all of this stuff over at BWOPodcast.com. We've got a special link there, so forget everything I'm about to say and just go to BWOPodcast.com. But hey, join us in Facebook with the rest of the phenomenal ones. Just search for Busted Wide Open. You can like our page, send us a join request to get into the group. Lots of fun times, good news articles, and fun memes over there. You can also find links to our Discord in the description below here on YouTube or pinned across our social media profile files that is where all the action happens throughout the week live chats for every show as they happen every single week all week long make sure you get into the discord it is the place to be Mm. uh you can also follow us over on twitter and instagram at bwo podcast we stream live right here on youtube at youtube.com slash busted wide open every tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, as well as doing our patron mailbag AMA show Q&A listener question thing. It's a special AMA show we do every Saturday after this show, after our main show. The mailbag episode. It's the mailbag episode. It's the mailbag episode. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, it's, overcomplicated. It's, it's, it's a show. It's fine. It's, a show. it's, it's yeah. more content for all of you. We also stream that live right here at youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you're subscribed here to the channel and got your little notifications bell turned on so that you get heads ups and notified whenever we go live. 
And last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our lovely patrons for all of your support, our phenomenal ones. If you guys would like to get in on some of those exclusive rewards, uh, you can get things like show notes, uh, the ability to ask questions for said mailbag episode on Saturdays, bonus episodes at the $10 tier, Skype calls, produce your own segments, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. It is the best way to support the show. <sighs> Ian, we have an absolutely Duh. packed show today. Let's not waste any more time and kick things off with All Elite Wrestling. Mr. Brody. Brody Lee walked away with Mo uh, John Moxley's AEW Championship belt last week. Mr. Brody. Every time I hear that, I think of Last Crusade. Mr. Brody, sir. <laughs> Can't help it. Got lost in his own museum. Yes. Uh, he is the leader of the Dark Order, but for some reason he decides to do everything himself. And this week he had a match against Christopher Daniels. Uh, and as you might guess, John Moxley, not happy about having his belt taken. And uh, like a kid whose uh, who's, who's action figure was taken on the playground, he came storming into the building looking for his, his property. And uh, that's and so after the Christopher Daniel match, John Moxley showed up. But the thing I want to talk about, Nick, is the fact that Brody kind of I'm not gonna say he struggled with Chris Daniels. He put him down, but it was a competitive. Shouldn't match. he be squashing him though? That's kind of where I was going with this. Is if you're gonna be the leader of this whole faction and you're gonna be right. challenging for the championship, if Stealing you want to make the championship. us. If you want to make us believe that you're a match for John Moxley, a guy who beat Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, who has beaten Kenny Omega clean, Tanahashi clean. I, mean, I know it's not AEW, you know, AEW kayfabe, but he beat Tanahashi. He beat uh, he's beaten people. No, right. he beat Tanahashi clean. Oh, he did. They let him yeah. they let him they let him tap out Tanahashi. That's right. So like you know, if we're looking at at rankings here, I mean, that's one thing I got to get to WWE is that when they get a top guy, they make him look like Brock, unbeatable. Drew McIntyre right now looks unbeatable. He's kicking out at one off of like people's moves. So I'm looking at that and going, all right, if you want to build a strong dude, that's how you do it. This is not it. This doesn't make me think Mr. Brody is that intimidating. And when you're going up against a guy like Moxley, who has been made to look intimidating, they maybe should have made him look more intimidating here. So that's kind of what I want to talk about with this is – you know, the, the segment went as, as you'd expect. Brody ends up beating Christopher Daniels. Uh, there's a brawl. All the, all the creepers from New Order start beating up SCU and Colt Cabana. Moxley comes in. Uh, he gets beat down. Um, he beats him up. Uh, let's see. No. Brody, like, throws a, a creeper at Moxley and runs away. And then Moxley cuts a promo to end the show. Uh, the beatdown was last week. So, Mr. Brody runs away. So we've got him beating, having to, having to work to beat Chris Daniels, who is, as AEW's established him at least, like a mid-carder, a guy who's been putting people over. Uh, and then he runs away from John Moxley and sort of sacrifices all his goons, which, fine, like, it's kind of what a, a heel leader would do, you know, sacrifice your guys and run away. But, Nick, for the last couple of weeks, there's something that you've been saying is that they need to make Mr. Brody the final boss of the Dark Order. you got to go through everyone else to get to him. And it was kind of revealed this week that, that Stu Grayson and Evil Uno 
are not around. They can't get them possibly because of, of what's going on right now with the quarantine. Right. Um, and I want to be sensitive to that and understanding of yeah, that with yeah. my judgment here. And I have been too. That's why I've been giving them a lot of rope. Yeah. But this week for me was when it finally it, 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 it was holding on to that little ski rope and it went flying up that ramp and went right over that shark. And I was just like, no, 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 no. You've got a week and a you got a week now to make me believe that Mr. Brody should be in a match with John Moxley. And now you're in a bad position. Because if Moxley wins, it totally puts us back where we were with the Dark Order before Brody came along, which was their agenda. And Moxley's going to win, make no mistake. There's, right. there's no way Moxley doesn't well, win. Well, if he doesn't win, it undercuts Moxley now. Because you're like, yep. this guy beat him? This guy? Really? So it's, it's unfortunate. I feel like they put themselves, they've booked themselves into a bad situation with this feud. Do you feel like, like do you feel like that way now too? Did this underline well, that for you, or was it? Was I it made feel it worse? like this entire giant football has been fumbled mm. multiple times. Uh, and like I said, I want to be sensitive to the fact that Stu Grayson and Evil Uno have not been able to be around. But at the same time, you've got enough guys around that can be creepers. They can just absolutely overwhelm an, uh, a one or two people, and Brody Lee can just stand there. And, you know, doing uh, just, you know, kind of rocking back and forth. Frankly, an old Bray Wyatt where he's just, he's just the, he's not putting hands on anybody. Yeah. He's just, he's no orchestrating the whole thing, right? People, people come close to putting hands on him and he has his people come in. You know, you nailed it on the head, the Bray Wyatt thing, like the mastermind. Yep. The, and the fact that they're having him get involved, uh, you know, and then it's, it's almost also like, you know, when his guys get involved as well he's got 10 minions and they kind of aren't effective yeah they're not kind of not effective they're just not effective it uh, doesn't, I, it doesn't, I, it, the perception is they're not effective i guess this is i think the vince mcmahon parody trope whatever you want to call it that they're trying that they tried to start off with it was all downhill from there and I think yeah. they should have. I think the opening promo segment, the video package of him in the smoky, mm. overlit hallway, walking out almost in silhouette and revealing in the light who he was, I think that was. Mwah. I was like, yes! Oh, they're doing yeah. it. He's going to be a godlike figure. Yeah, okay, yes, I'm in. And then since then, he's been like in a suit, eating a steak, doing Vince McMahon. Make, but the, the last couple of weeks, especially, we've just seen him. In the ring a lot, and that's kind of the exact opposite of what I... Yes, eventually we need to see him wrestle, sure. but not immediately. Well, and I don't mind him coming out for squashes as long as other things are sure. going on the Dark Order underneath him. And that's one thing we talked about where we're like, give him leeway, they don't have a lot of guys to work with, or you know, they, they, they may be a little bit handicapped on that. But the problem is, at a certain point, there's got to be an establishment that this guy is a cult leader for a reason. You know, otherwise... It's it's him, and there's instead of being about him having this sway over people, you know, it's almost like just a guy with his with his hired thugs. There's yep. no mystique to it. Nope. Um, and that mystique is kind of gone. And for uh, they've done a great d job with the design of the Dark Order. You know, the the weird like Cthulhu octopus symbol, and you know, they they were doing a good job with some of the symbology of it, but they lost that somewhere. And as you said, like it became more of a Vince McMahon parody, which I think was, 
it was fine in theory, but in execution and in concept, I don't think that it was appropriate for what they had been building with Dark Order. It's a little too much inside baseball. It's a little too smarky. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, it's, and it's funny because we had, for a while there, Nick, we had two cults in AEW. <laughs> we had Nightmare Collective and we had Dark Order. Right. And dark and both of them were like like teasing mystical aspects, right? Like there being something supernatural about them. Right. And then Nightmare Collective turned out to not be supernatural. It was just Brandy being weird. And then that right. just fell apart. And then now Dark Order has said, no, no, we're not supernatural. And now that's falling apart. Um so I'm not saying it's because of that. They 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 bungled the fact that the, the way that it's realistic as well, there's non-supernatural. But maybe it's, you're it's finding your Achilles heel is supernatural factions aew maybe don't try to do anymore <laughs> well no i don't know i don't think that's what it is either nick i think i uh, yeah i this 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 was other reasons it was not the yeah. supernatural aspect they should have stuck to that but anyway well, well what are those reasons in your opinion the reasons that they didn't stick with the supernatural oh no you said maybe they i said maybe they shouldn't do supernatural factions you said they failed for other reasons what are those other reasons well, in this in this case, they didn't build up Brody Lee pro- pro- properly. They're not keeping him yeah. uh, the final boss of Dark Order. They're having I mean, him go hell. They're doing and, a better job with Lance Archer, for that matter. They're well, doing exactly I, what they should be doing with Brody Lee with Lance Archer. And you took my transition out of my mouth because I was going to say, on the other hand of things, oh. we started off the show with a really good build, a way to build up a new talent as something that is really special, and that's Lance Archer. And Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts came out to the ring. Lance Archer comes out the gate beating up a guy, <laughs> which is, I'm sorry, Fantastic. that never gets old for me. Is yeah. Lance Archer just randomly beating up people. Yeah. Um, His lap around the ring as he just takes somebody out. Yelling you know. at people. That's, remember, okay, something that always sticks in my mind was Stone Cold in an interview one time talking about how when he used to come out to the ring, he says, it always makes you look cooler if you come out to the ring just jaw jacking. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you're saying. long as you're out there, rah, 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 and you'll notice Stone Cold always came out to the ring, rah, 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 jaw jacking, talking to himself, talking to the crowd. Yep. It's interesting. It makes you wonder what he's doing. It engages you. Lance Archer doesn't jaw jack, but his... Him coming out, he's st- he's walking in these really big, wide paces. He's beating people up. You never know who he's going to beat up. He's screaming. He, usually, it's just him going, "Everybody dies," you know. But he's still it's engaging immediately. Yeah. You immediately go, "Who the hell is this guy?" It's the same theory. Um, and also, you've got Jake the Snake, who's going to come into the ring and address the fact that he put the snake on Brandy last week and uh, say, "Oh, she asked me for an apology." Well, she can have an apology when she kisses my ass. And Jake went on. <laughs> Jake went on to say that uh, women, in his opinion, are good for cooking, wiping baby butts, and keeping him warm from time to time in cold weather. <laughs> uh, it, Jake, uh, it's not 1992 oh, anymore, brother. Oh, Jake. No, that's, that's, that's some heel heat, Nick. That is just mwah. Every single woman in the crowd and probably a lot of other people as well were just like, you son of a bitch. Right. At that. Oh, Me, was, I was going, yeah, no, uh-uh. not anymore, Jake. We can't say that stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, he can say it. If he's trying to get people mad at him. Yeah. Mission, that's, mission that's, accomplished. Mission accomplished. That's that's good heel heat. That's we're doubling down. Doubling down yeah. on your heel actions right there. And, of course, that's going to translate over to Lance Archer. So. Right. 
Jake then starts talking about Cody. Um, you know, no, we're not gonna. You can't run away anymore. We've got you at double or nothing. Like you can't hide. Then he's interrupted by the, some sort of revving that's going on. Cut to Cody in his nightmare family. Well, he's, got the, he's got his his neck tattoo on the hood of the car, and his big old four door F one fifty revving the engine. Taped fists. And he drives, peels out, sort of, and he drives it forward about 20 feet and kind of lightly taps a barricade over and then gets out of the truck. (laughs) Gets out of the truck and then starts stalking towards the ring. Lance Archer comes to meet him, and then they have a nice little brawl. Uh, Eventually, they're separated in the ring, and Jake pulls Lance away. Uh, We're not getting paid for this. Let's do this at double or nothing. And that was a segment of Cody standing tall in the ring, looking strong. Uh, what did you think about this whole segment here, Nick? A, a unnecessarily wasted opportunity. Oh, really? We all remember the times that any sort of vehicle comes racing out from under the Tron down the ramp to the ring in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a garbage truck, an ambulance in an ambulance match, uh, Stone Cold in the beer truck, or Kurt in the uh, milk truck. Those are fantastic. I think this was a missed opportunity to find a way for him to actually drive into the arena, come slamming on brakes, skidding tires and everything, jump out of the truck and pause and just have that moment where the cameras lock onto him, almost like he's Batman and he's arrived to take out the evil villain. And they made... Again, was this a mockery of old WWE again? Oh, I don't think Cody? it was a mockery. I don't think it was a mockery. I think they were trying to create an exciting moment. You know, I think they were trying to have. I think that it was a it was a, a, a well intentioned, exciting moment. Cody's not going to take it anymore, so he's going to, you know, drive so, into so the he's ring and sit then outside out. and rev his engine for five minutes while Jake. I didn't to talk. say that it was well executed, Nick. I just said that it was well intentioned. <laughs> I, and here's and here's the thing. I think that also, like once they got into a brawl, I thought that okay, they're wetting our appetite for yep. their their violence at the at the show. Overall, this segment I thought was really good. Between Jake just getting some nuclear heat, or not not nuclear, then at least like a, a whole bunch of dynamite. Yeah, and a lot of PC and, heat. <laughs> oh yeah, Ooh. Mm, spicy. And then also the idea of the idea of Cody not being able to take what they did to his wife, not being able to take it anymore, and angrily interrupting their promo and then getting into a fight. Uh, That all was good. The visual of Cody revving the engine was good. The visual of him knocking over the the gate, not so much. You know, had he come blasting in there, had he actually driven the thing and run it into the ring or something, like had there been more violence with the truck, then it might have had more of an impact. But it was a little wimpy the way that it just kind of went dink, you know, that undercut it. But that's a minor complaint in what, like, as I, as I said, dude, overall, this was a good segment. It accomplished what they were trying to do with it, which was make more excitement for their match, right? Make more heat for right. their match. Moxley and Brody, <laughs> wet fart, did not do that. Yep, agreed. So, so from that metric, I think this was a lot better. I, I've been excited that. about Lance and Cody since they showed up and Jake started cutting promos on him and they've brilliantly layered 
this TNT Championship tournament right underneath that umbrella just to use that as a staging ground to ultimately land on it. Brilliantly executed the way that was all put together. This fell completely flat for me. Really? Yeah. The the, the whole oh, truck no. thing was just unnecessary. Mm. And it just it's like what I thought of, I laughed out loud. I literally laughed out loud because he was sitting there just vroom, vroom, just when you're sitting there at the stoplight, you're getting ready to go, and you let the clutch out, and, brink, and you just stall the truck. That's it. That's that's the equivalent of what this was for me. He just he he stalled the truck. He can't drive a stick. So, and then it still comes running in. So why not just walk in and run in, taking your shirt off? Same exact thing. I'm tired of listening to you. I'm going to get my hands. All of this was just completely unnecessary and a wasted opportunity to actually do it properly at some point in the future when they could. So that's my yeah. that's my take on it. Am I excited about Lance and Cody? Hell yes. Did this Can't diminish wait. your did, did did this diminish your excitement for it? No, it was just okay. the, the 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 like you said execution of the thing that they were trying to do to ramp us all up made me laugh. It is left just, a, left just a sour taste miserably. Yeah. I don't know. Well, overall, I think it was a success, and I, yeah. I think you do too. Obviously, you must as well. Oh yeah. Also a success, the fact that we had a women's fatal four way match to determine the number one contender for the women's championship. Now the Rose's women's championship, uh, Hikaru Shida and uh, Britt Baker. And Chris Statlander and uh, Penelope Ford all hop in the ring. And Nick, I was I was a little bit surprised, not by the outcome, but by how we got there, because we ended up with Hikaru Shida pinning Penelope Ford, which in and of itself is not shocking. But she pinned her because she was having no like you. In the meantime, you had Britt Baker giving a mandible claw, whatever she's calling it, the lockjaw, lockjaw. Thank you. To uh, Chris Statlander outside the ring. It was very nice of her to also put a latex glove on before she did. Well, that was very considerate. She yeah. is a professional. She is a doctor. She is actually a dentist. Yes. She's an accredited dentist, so she obviously knows about uh, oral hygiene. Right. But the thing that was strange here, Nick, is that, and this was a, actually a pretty fun match, but it was strange because Britt has history with Sheeta. Sheeta broke her nose. So why wasn't Britt going for Sheeta? Why did she get into a thing where she was trying to boop Statlander and have a connection with her and then get mad when Statlander wasn't responding and then end up getting distracted? That seems strange. Do you know what I'm saying? A little bit, but I wasn't mad at this because I can remember myself two to three months ago going, God, how are they going to save this women's division? Mm. And they have. I'm, you feel I, you feel I'm like they've come it. back. It's come around. Yep. This match I thought was – this was what I've been waiting for Fatal four-way to determine the number one contender. You guys have heard me say it a million times, how to set these things up. And now I feel like I know that Hikaru Shida has earned her spot to go get Nyla Rose. It feels justified, right? And on top of that, we're going to have a spinoff match with Britt Baker and Chris Statlander. We're going to have more action coming on. Penelope Ford and, and Kip Sabian. We got some action there, mm -hmm. literally. Uh, so th just there's all of the stuff that's circling these five to seven ladies in the women's division now i'm i'm on board with like i can get behind all of this yeah apparently dog ziggler is excited about it as well absolutely sir sir, sir i know you really want to see nyla rose get defeated but now is not the time to make your opinions felt i think the he's real... asking where you're a sakamura uh, uh what yuka sakazaki yuka sakazaki is is actually <laughs> in this whole thing you somehow got 
you Amora in there. He's yeah. a young lion still. Yeah. No. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> all right, so no, Sheeta is the your Japanese challenger. names uh, trip me up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, Penelope. Yeah, I think Penelope Ford is definitely going to be someone who's in the division, but mostly with Kip Sabian. Um, that being her entrance always makes me cringe. Every time she does that that jumping split, I'm always like, "Oh God, I hope your crotch is made of iron." Because right. ow, yeah, Oof. ow, ow. Well, hey, if Big E can do it, Penelope Ford can do it. She, Big E is not getting five feet in the air before doing the splits and coming right down on the middle. All right, fine. It's ow, ow, damn. Uh, Hikaru Shida is your number one contender, and she was giving an interview backstage. And uh, in the middle of being interviewed, up came Nyla. It's like, oh no, 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 hold on, don't, don't, don't. It's it's okay. I just found something that you lost. And she pulls out a kendo stick from behind her back and whacks a Karushid on the head with it, and goes, "I found your stick, bitch!" <laughs> and mugs to the camera and walks away. <laughs> did, did you? Cr- I cracked up at this. Did you crack up at this too? Well, and, I mean, in, I in saw her way. holding it back there. It was very. We all saw her holding right. it back there, but like, I didn't expect her to bonk her on the head. It was like it's like a, you know around cr- uh, the holidays where you get like the wrapping paper and you have like the inside with the with the cardboard yeah. tube on the inside and you go and like whack a family member with it yeah. upside the head and they're like, "Ow!" <laughs> it looked like that. Yeah, and it was hilarious. It was awesome. I love. And it. she did. She did just dropped. It was it was cartoony. It was like she'd been Nyla. shot in the face with a shotgun, you know, just <laughs> And then Nyla turning and mugging to the camera. It was funny. It was a yeah. fun moment. I'm looking forward to the two of them uh, having a match. So yeah, good stuff there in the women's division. Yep. Um, also, we had more chaos from uh, Inner Circle and Elite. Omega and Damascus, Broken Matt Hardy, had a match with Santana and Ortiz. A little follow up to last week's madness in their no holds barred street fight. Uh, also a fun match. Also a very fun match. I enjoyed it a lot. Omega and Damascus go over, and I'm not surprised about that. They needed a little get back after last week. Keep it even. But the real news was Chris Jericho having a match with Pineapple Pete, Shug D, who got a, he even got like a little promo segment where he said, like, I've been doing this for 16 years. I'm finally getting a shot. And he did. He got a shot. He got Jericho said my name on commentary. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's all it takes he's like he, and he was like man when he first called me pineapple pita was not happy about it but now life's pretty good yeah when jericho gives you a gimmick you run with it right and it's worked for him uh that being said jericho did destroy him pretty quickly in this match because jericho had bigger business to get to and that is the fact that he is proposing a i'm trying to remember exactly how he put it he he's proposing a match for uh, double or nothing for them versus um, the elite. The the elite. Yeah. Uh, a stadium stampede, Nick. A stadium stampede. I don't even know what that is. I don't either, but I'm intrigued. If yeah. looking at how entertaining last week, because you said if you thought last week was insane, wait till the stadium stampede. You got my damn attention. Because last week was incredibly fun. Inner circle versus. Elites in a stampede. Broken Matt Hardy sold in a stadium. Shut up and take my money. (laughs) Yeah. But he wasn't done there because he also introduced us to the sixth member of the inner circle. Damascus came down with the uh, inner circle flag. Not Damascus, excuse me. Vanguard One, Damascus's drone, came down. And uh, Chris Jericho said, Oh, you're here to perhaps make peace. And 
Vanguard was like, we accept your terms of the match. And Chris says, oh, okay, well, just so you know, our offer of you joining the inner circle has been rescinded. We have a sixth member, and his name is Floyd. He's this baseball bat, and he proceeds to whack Vanguard 1 out of the sky no! and beat him into the ground. Pieces of, pieces of Vanguard 1 everywhere. Chris Jericho killed Vanguard 1! I literally get out of, by God! Oh, God! <laughs> He's killed him! That drone the has entire, a family! <laughs> the entire inner circle... The entire inner circle's like stomping on him. Out comes broken Mac, Matt Hardy and cradling the remains of his drone in, in tears. You know, I, I, there have been a lot of like tragic, you know, companion deaths over the years. Yeah. In wrestling, Nick, I, I obviously I like I've talked about it a lot. How as a child there was a like as a formative experience, Damien Jake the Snake Snake getting killed by earthquake when earthquake sat on Jake right. Snake, which pause. Uh, that was a traumatic experience. You've had Pepper, Al Snow's dog, get killed by Big Boss Man. Mm. Moppy, Raven killed Moppy. Mm. We recently had Rowan's uh, spider, his his mechanical spider, get killed by Drew McIntyre. Uh, Pepe the horse was killed by Norman Smiley. Chavo's Chavo's little remember the little hobby horse? Yes, thrown in the wood chipper. Yeah. But here's the thing. Do you know who's done the most killing of an, of, of of little buddies? Chris, Chris Jericho. Jericho. Yeah. Chris Jericho. Not only Vanguard, he's also killed Francesca the trombone and Mitch the plant. That's right. I forgot it. Oh, my God. I forgot about Mitch the house plant. Chris Jericho is now like that's part of his gimmick is if you have like a little side character, he'll kill him. I love it. So keep keep them away from Chris Jericho. I love how the drone was barely able to fly because it was whipping around with the T-shirt. And, they were in, <laughs> and the fact that they can bring Vanguard 1 into Daly's place because it is an open roof, uh, right. it's an open facility like that, Just it really just amps things up. So, I mean, AEW cool. has, they've gotten lucky with a few things, but they've been really smart about how they're putting on their shows with having people. There were even more people like backstage crew people in the audience up in the seats behind where there were performers in the behind yeah. the barricades, right? It got like it's it's honestly something that is a marked difference between this and WWE. Yeah. WWE you have a ton like screen filling amount of graphics and lasers like on entrance like it's just in lights it's just it's so bright and garish and crazy and this things happening and it's very visually like arresting. They're not visually as visually arresting with AEW, but it sounds great. There's a reaction when, when you know Jake is when Jake said his had his speech. People were oh boo! Yeah. You could hear people reacting to it, and it and it, even though it's not a whole lot of people, it is just a huge difference from silence. Yep. So Deafening presentation silence. wise, presentation wise, I think that's a big edge. Yep. Right there. I also have to say I'm liking the fact that in these three major feuds, you've got very different feels. Four. Let's say four. Let's let's go. Let's include the women's division. The four major feuds here. The four you know top things that we're talking about here. Very different feelings. Moxley and uh, Mr. Brody, where it's you know a strong, vengeful champ who's had his property stolen by this nefarious underworld overlord. Uh, you've got uh, Lance Archer and Cody, which feels very personal now, now that Brandy's gotten involved. Uh, you've got the women's division, where it's you know just about who's who's cool, who's a badass, 
who can take on this monster. Uh, and then you've got this insanity that's going on with these guys right here, with Elite versus Inner Circle, where it's just it's just chaotic madness. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. You're getting a whole bunch of different feelings. Everything feels different. You never I don't I didn't feel bored. There was always something new. And I, I don't remember so. if you mentioned the women's division and stuff, but that's happening as well. Oh, you did. No, so I did. I'm I think I'm most pleased with how they're doing long-term storytelling in two or three different ways and you're sort of rebuilding a whole division from scratch successfully this time 6 6 plus months into it. Uh, you tried a bunch of stuff, you failed fast. I, you guys remember me talking about that earlier this year towards the turn of the year. Um, but I, I'm very happy to see them they've in the in 3 months They've turned the ship around on the women's division. I think that's the thing I'm the most happy about. But looking at all of the stuff that's happening around Cody and MJF and Chris Jericho and the just all of this stuff that's all sort of intermixing and orbiting, man, they are just absolutely weaving everything together brilliantly. It's and I, it's yeah. It's they're like learning watching from a brilliant too. symphony just kind of play itself. And it's uh, also why you know, I'm not too worried about the Brody Lee thing because they've shown they're really good at at, at fixing mistakes. Yeah. So I'm hoping that they write the ship on that as well. Real quick shout out to Jay over in the uh yeah. the super chat super chat five dollars. Thank you very much. He's just dropping some love in the form of a tip. Thank you very much, Jay. Thank you, Jay. So, and some love back to you, my man. Thank you. Uh they're also doing other things, Nick, in AEW. It's not just the top of the card. The the, the tag team division's kind of fun right now, too. Best yeah. friends have been on a roll. They had a match with Jurassic Express this week, which also was just Bunch of different storylines got involved in this. Chaos, MJF, and, and Jungle Boy have a match coming up. So MJF, of course, got involved in this and beat the crap out of Jungle Boy, which cost him the match. Ended up getting an absolutely nasty, awful waffle from Chucky e. T to finish the match. Marco Stunt also got ragdolled by Wardlow after the match. And we found out that MJF, as a way to build himself up for Jungle Boy to get himself prepared, is going to take out Marco Stunt next week in a match. So that was part of it. And... Also during this, as Orange Cassidy was ready to jump in and help the best friends, we had probably the sickest move of the week when Phoenix comes out of nowhere and jump kicks Orange Cassidy's freaking head off. Fatality. Some, some say his sunglasses are still flying through the stratosphere. Right. That was absolutely <laughs> lethal. Uh, murdered Orange Cassidy. So now we've got some beef between, like, we remember Death Triangle's out there. Death is, triangles is Pac out there. Stuck over in the UK, or is uh, I would imagine yeah. so. All right. I would imagine so, and I don't. I don't know about Pentagon, but we've seen Phoenix. Um, he's I feel in. Like the, we've he's seen in Pentagon the, on TV too in the last couple of months. Have we not? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember when, and I don't know if we have. Yeah, I can't remember when. Okay. Um, Either way, this was this was fantastic. They started lining up people though for the uh, the kickoff show, and Phoenix is in the the opening ladder match too. So I know, we know he's gonna be back, but. So MJF yeah, has a, a match with Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy, and then next week he's going to fight Marco Stunt, and Marco then we've got Stunt. Uh, Phoenix and Orange Cassidy are going to have a match. And well, and possibly it's some well, not not coming right up, but we know that Death Triangle has issues with best friends. Best friends are now in line to become number one contenders, right? For uh, Omega and Hangman's titles, which Hangman's been out in the woods getting drunk, so we don't know you know when we're going to see them back in action again. And we had a little standoff with Luchasaurus and Wardlow, and I think Which I'm wondering, just, mm, I'm wondering where that's going to go because I don't know if you guys can see the drool that I'm wiping from the side of my mouth. Yeah, but that is yes, 
Give me yes, those big please. boys. <laughs> Give me those big boys fighting. Yes. We do know that we're going to have a private party versus best friends on the uh, Double or Nothing pre-show to determine who's getting that title shot. So that's where it comes to head. And I'm wondering if something else, the, what's a twist? Something else happens right there to, uh, to create more. So yeah, the tag team division, they even had a little promo package saying, we wanted to create the best tag team division in wrestling. Congratulations. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to give them that yet, Nick. I don't know if I am. I am. But it's, it's pretty damn good. I am. It's pretty, it, they're ha- we're having a lot of fun here. And again, just chaos. Lots of stuff going on. Staying, keeping things very, very We had one tag match, and they booked six matches off of it. <laughs> Where else can you on. do that? <laughs> well, you also had another match this, uh, this week on the show, uh, MJF versus Lee Johnson, the guy who's lost. <laughs> He's been like the jobber du jour right. the last few weeks. Uh, he MJF comes in, beats Lee Johnson. Uh, and that's when he challenges Marco Stunt. But you know, one thing I was thinking, Nick, is that sometimes people criticize MJF for not having a whole lot of in-ring talent. Do you feel like this match, even though it was a squash, do you feel like this is going to bring people around watching him work here to MJF or Jungle mm-hmm. Boy? MJF. I think I don't think anyone's criticizing Jungle Boy for that. I don't think I don't. If people are criticizing criticizing MJF for his in ring ability, they're, then they're not paying enough attention. I don't I don't I don't want I don't I'm not sitting here caring too much. Uh, the Rock wasn't the best in ring worker, but by God, you put a microphone <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> Jesus. So wow. MJF was he's going to be MJF, and where I care about MJF is not really in the ring. It's going to involve Wardlow. It's going to involve shitty cheating heel stuff. Chicken shit kind of heel stuff, and it's fantastic. And that's exactly what I want out of MJF. And and there's nobody doing it as good as he is right now. Wearing yeah. neck well, braces he, because he cut himself, he nicked himself shaving. Yeah. Oh, just yes, uh, just I, keep doing again, all that. <laughs> a guy who can talk you talk butts into seats. Yes. You don't have to go out there and be Daniel Bryan in the ring. You can talk butts into seats. Like yep. that's. It's actually it's something that uh, I think the Miz has kind of created much of his career off of is instead of going out there and working dangerously or you know doing a lot of matches, getting injured a lot, you go out there and just run your mouth, talk yep. butts into seats. Yep. So and that's uh, tell you, me you, a story. You'll have a long career that way. Yeah. So he's got the mouth that can that can save his body. Yeah. Um. So a couple more last things here on AEW. Darby Allen. Again, being interviewed by Taz. Taz, again, being like, yeah, I know I've said I wasn't going to talk about how you lost to Cody, but you know you lost to Cody, and if you'd done this, you might have actually not lost to him. And then Darby, of course, just kind of pouting again. You know, Taz, you know, I came in third in wrestling in Idaho. <laughs> and then walks away. Um, so, Nick, I kind of feel the same way I did last week, where I'm intrigued by... Darby and Taz, but I feel like their presentation here is making them both look bad. <laughs> How do you I feel? I think this? Taz should stick to doing the move breakdown videos that and the commentary work that he does on Dark from time to time. And I listen, I, I love Taz. Taz has a very unique talent to do a particular thing very well. I don't think this is it. Really? Yeah. I, so the idea of Taz being in Darby's corner, like the way that, like last week we were talking about how you've got a lot of older legendary talent, maybe whatever you want to call them, in people's corners right now in AEW. Right. You don't think that Taz and Darby's corner would be a good idea? I think I think Darby's a bad pairing for Taz. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 
I, very, and frankly, I like Taz for what he what he really excels at, and I don't know if I want to see him as a, a talent manager or as a uh, ringside advocate or coach, whatever you label you want to place upon him for this role that he's portraying. Because we we haven't seen you know you rarely see Arn Anderson, you just see him from time to time alongside Cody. What what's the benefit? Uh, is is he just supposed to be a foil for Jake at some point? I don't know, but I think that it's something It's something where Darby's fine on the mic, but you have Taz come out and cut promos for him. Taz is good on the mic. And also what Taz is, is bringing an air of legitimacy to to, to, to Darby because Taz was known for being a dude who could actually like beat you up. Agreed. Uh, tough, and, and, a tough guy. If we got the old Taz, like the crazy out in the singlet doing hardcore stuff, no, because you, right? you don't have well, – yeah, but you don't have Jake or Arn Anderson coming. You have Arn Anderson coming out and doing a spine buster every once in a while. You have Jake come out and bring the snake every once in a while. You have Taz come out and just be gruff and you know, you know, know, think he's more of a badass than he actually is, but actually is a badass anyway. Uh, you know, you have that. And, and honestly, he's also – Taz was a guy who was considered too little in his day, and that's what Darby's dealing with as well. So if you're looking at guys who have – you know kind of similar attitudes i think it, i think in theory it could work it's just right now i don't think the writing is living up to it because it's making darby look petulant and it's making taz look like a dick do you think but, they're but doing I like it the idea do you think they're doing it because like we haven't had a lot of mic time for darby allen we haven't when seen I, yeah. him cut like big promos do you think and the little bit that we've seen it's like you said it makes him look a little wimpy a little petulant right is this a mouthpiece for Darby because he we don't Maybe. think he can do well at it? Maybe. They, they, Lance Archer's fine on the mic, but they still gave him Jake the Snake. All right. Uh, I feel like we could go round and round about this one. We could. I, I don't. Could. I don't know. I'm not sold yet on the Taz Darby pairing. I'm not mad at it, but I'm not. I don't. I don't. I'm not sold that it'll be beneficial for either one of them. Frankly. Fair enough. One thing I think will be beneficial is the fact that refereeing, <laughs> refereeing the Cody Lance Archer match. At Del Oh no, we lost Ian again. Come back. Ah Skype, why are you do why you do this for? Oh boy. Okay. We're reconnecting. Give us one second here, guys. <laughs> this Nothing. has been an issue the last Oh, we lost you again. Are you back now? Oh, I can see I you back. again. You're Hello. back. All right. So you said refereeing right. was where we dropped off. Aha, refereeing the double or nothing match between Cody and Lance Archer. Mike Tyson, Iron Mike Tyson. What? Mike Tyson. And they just, they kind of just nonchalantly go, ah, yeah, the Iron, Iron Mike Tyson. Will they be announced it. They yeah. threw it out there. Mike Tyson, shades of Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you've been watching Mike Tyson's latest training videos, but dude is still terrifying. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. Dude is still, dude is still absolute. Or if you watched Ip Man 3. Dude is absolutely goddamn terrifying still. And if you're if y'all are listening to us and you're too young to remember Mike Tyson in his heyday, I grew up in the era of Mike Tyson when he was out there ending fools' careers. He would hit you so hard you retired from boxing. Yes. It was they, people would crap themselves. He would uppercut they would you into retirement. In the ring. It was him, his uppercut, that little short, yeah. like back turning uppercut, is still one of the most terrifying boxing moves I've ever seen in my life. Like, you know, when when I was a kid, dude, it was how much money 
would it take for you to get into the ring with Mike Tyson? Just like you just you, 30 seconds with Mike Tyson. And it was like, I don't know, man. You don't come out the you same. You don't get to spend a billion dollars when you're just catatonic and a vegetable, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. right. That's how hard right. he was hitting dudes. Um, and he's still terrifying. And he's coming out as the ref, Cody Lance Archer. Does he get involved? Nick? Absolutely. Does, does Mike Tyson get physical in this match? Absolutely. You think Absolutely. so? Absolutely. Do you think he What's KOs Lance Archer and, Dar- and Cody picks it up? No. You just think that at some point someone takes a Mike Tyson uppercut? What, what do you think's happening? Uh, who's who's big enough to take a, a hit from punch from Mike Tyson? And is he is he I gonna, mean it's I mean, like, he's gonna throw it obviously, dude, but you, it's you remember when he punched Shawn Michaels, it was like it was just a whiffer. Like he he obviously didn't want to actually hurt him. You know what I mean? Like he knows how to not punch well, somebody. Well, the lore with the thing know, with Stone you know, Cold was that they had the a they punch. had the warm up before they ever got to the match, right? And then they Stone Cold says, "Hey, I'm right. gonna mess with you a little bit," or something like that. And Tyson <laughs> actually got pissed. <laughs> yeah, Tyson actually well, went for was, him. <laughs> and that's Tyson in like his prime. Yeah. That was Tyson in his prime. Like, what are you to do? No, that was, that was like Holyfield no. era. Tyson, Jesus Christ, that was that was pre Holyfield. That's pre biting off his ear. Oh wow, Jesus. yeah, that's like like you messing with him. That's that's worse than Bart Gunn and Butterbean. That's like, whoa. anyway, I'm excited for Mike Tyson. Obviously, <laughs> if you guys, guys haven't seen awesome, that video but... of him, him still doing training with his uh, trainer, oh holy shit, he still got it. Twenty twenty <laughs> plus years later, he still got it. He could, he could go in there and beat up young guys right. now, like he could if you wanted to. Anyway, I'm excited for him to be so the Xander's, ref. So Xander in the chat is is challenging us here, saying that Tyson isn't the ref. He's only presenting the title. Oh, is he presenting the title? Okay. Oh, no, he's right. You're right, Xander. Thank yeah. you. Thank right. you, Xander. You're right. I, I thought have, I had I got, heard something I got like excited. that. I got excited. You're right. I I just Actually, it's funny because I, I had this in my notes earlier. We skipped over it. I put it again in my notes, but I didn't have all the details. Thank you very much, Xander. You were absolutely right. He's just presenting the title. So no physicality from Tyson. But he, what? I went down Why my, would you bring in Mike Tyson hole. if you're not going to have any physicality? But just to say it's Mike Tyson. Look how excited we got. Even if he's just there, I'm excited. Why would you bring in Bret Hart to present the, the AEW title in the first place? It's just name recognition. <sighs> okay. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to get you excited, Nick. I'm sorry. Xander, Xander you are right to correct yes. me. Thank you very much. Thank you, He's Xander. just presenting the title. I, <laughs> I got worked up. I worked myself I want to see Mike Tyson knock the shit out of somebody. <laughs> Again, <laughs> like I will go on these runs. Okay, There's these hype videos on YouTube of Mike Tyson that are about, you know, 10 minutes long of just all his of his match history and all of his knockouts and all of his training and warm-ups and all that stuff where he rolls around on his neck. Dude had the craziest neck ever. But seeing his – we've never seen speed. You can go back to Ali. You can go back to Leonard, Frazier, any of them. We've never seen speed, and we likely never will see speed um, even with even with De La Hoya, even with Pacquiao, we've never seen speed like Tyson, the way he can turn somebody around. And holy smoke. So yeah, am I excited that I'm getting more how Mike many, Tyson? How many of his matches how many of his matches went over a minute? Like Not some many. really small percentage. It was like less than less than twelve less than twenty percent went over a minute. The big bouts with um uh, Buster Douglas and and uh, Holyfield, really. And he was making big money. Like people were paying millions of dollars to see of thirty second match. seconds, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you just you're just showing up to watch someone die, right? Anyway, isn't we're, that, we're, isn't that, that called we're UFC digressing. now? This is <laughs> no. They actually ha- they go five rounds. Right. 
so we're not here to talk about boxing, Nick. We're here to talk about wrestling. And that means we have to continue the show and head over to NXT. I'm a very big Mike Tyson fan, in case I didn't just make that clear. All right, let's talk about some NXT. <laughs> Imperium. Imperium finally got their match. We kicked the show off with Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher coming out to have their title match with Imperium after last week and the week before with the game show breakup and all of the jawjacking and the challenges and everything. But there's a different mood and something's off about Timothy Thatcher. And even when they get in the ring, Riddle does his signature kick off his flops and one of them hits Thatcher right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Thatcher's just like, what the hell are you doing? If you know Timothy and Thatcher. Is, he's he's not a nice guy, so don't don't don't, he's don't hit no him. Nonsense. Yeah, don't hit him in the face yeah. with your flops, man, with your slides. Yeah. <laughs> again, he he looks like Oni Lorcan hate fuck the werewolf, and I, again, the word hates in there for a reason. Yeah. Timothy Thatcher is an angry, angry yeah. man, and this has been kind of what they've built him up as over the last couple of weeks. Is he just kind of no nonsense? He doesn't really like Matt Riddle's shtick, but. He's respecting Matt Riddle. He respects Pete Dunne, so he's going to stay with it. Well, things came to a head this week because in this match, Matt Riddle getting beaten down, looking for the heat spot, can't make the tag, and accidentally monkey flips, uh, I think it was Marcel Barthel, but it might have been Eichner, into Timothy Thatcher, who was standing on uh, the side of the ring. On the apron, and off Timothy Thatcher goes, onto the ground, he's pissed. Matt Riddle comes back looking for the tag, and Timothy Thatcher walks away walks away and now it's two on one handicap match and sure enough riddle tries but he can't hold up to imperium and imperium takes him out and they are your new nxt tag team champions matt riddle not too happy about this finds timothy thatcher in the back and goes what the hell was that and timothy thatcher sitting there going i don't like you i don't like your stick you're a goofball i don't mind being tag champ but now with an idiot like you and they get into a little pull apart brawl later on Matt Riddle asking William Regal for a match against Timothy Thatcher just to settle things. Timothy Thatcher blindsides Matt Riddle with a, with a computer monitor, leaves him lying on the floor. And then the main event, Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher. My goodness, this escalated quickly. So, yeah, I, I want to let you finish, but I, I got something I want to I want to summarize this in a bunch of bullet points that we've all done in basically uh, 90 minutes. <laughs> they, I mean, they, they, you had tag champions. That split up and one turned on the uh, other one, and then you booked the, the the match, and then you had the match, and then you cleanly finished the match. Right. In, 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 like, we're under some extenuating one circumstances show. in the world right now. You got time. You could have drugged this got, out. Could, <laughs> they could have stretched this out for three weeks of TV, and we got it all in one show. And I'm not mad at it because I definitely wanted – Nick, what did we say about the cons? Because we said when they first were together, we're like, this is probably going to end up with Thatcher turning on Riddle at some point. I thought he was going to join Imperium again. Um, but He still might. Well, he may still. Yeah. He, he might still. But I thought that we thought this was going to end up that way. And what, what, what did we say when we, said, when, when, we, when we thought about that? Put it in my eye holes. Right. Put that in my eye holes. I want to see Timothy Thatcher versus Matt Riddle. So I'm not mad at getting what I want right now. But you know what this is? It's Golden Corral. You walk in. What? This is Golden Corral. Hear me out. You walk in. You've got the giant buffet. They've got steak. I'm from chicken, California, dude. Pork, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes. You've got everything. You, salads, dessert. It's everything you. Riddle versus Thatcher. It was everything we wanted. 
<laughs> oh, I and see you walk saying. in I got and you, you eat it, and it's it I was just <laughs> this uh, this uh, this just, was everything we wanted on a silver platter, and it lasted eight minutes. But this is but this is like and well I'm like, okay you, but they left of it, all the things you had on this show you couldn't shave off ten more minutes and give these guys fifteen to twenty minutes to I I don't think they're done I think they might have another is, match. This is Golden Corral stuffed into a can and a shot at you while you're still getting out of uh, your car. Hometown buffet in the park in the you, park Esme. in the parking yeah. lot. It, it's ah! hometown buffet in California. Fine. Hometown yeah. buffet. Hometown buffet. There we go. Hey, yeah. uh, this this is this is you getting out of your car. I'm like, man, I'm sure hungry, yeah. and they just throw it at you out the door. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here. It is. Oh God. Oh. This is this is that. It just came at you. Came at you so quick. It's like, oh, these uh, new tag jams. Uh, now they're having them. Oh, they're mad at each other. Now they're having a match. But at the same time, okay, now I got my food. All right, you threw it at me. I'm, oh, I'm not mad at it. I was hungry. Uh, so yeah, I'm not mad at, I'm not mad at any of this. You, you had to get the titles onto a real tag yep. team. Um, we, cause we'd already seen Matt Riddle with the, with the serious guy. That shtick is, I think, reserved for him and Pete Dunn. And we don't know when Pete Dunn's going to be back because of extenuating circumstances. I think that's done. I don't think it's done. Pardon the pun. Um, but I think I think that that's going to come back around, and there may be even story because Thatcher just turned on Pete Dunn by extent by extension too. Like Pete Dunn recommended Thatcher in storyline right. to Matt Riddle, so I think that's going to come around. There's going to be more work to do there, but also you know Matt Riddle and Thatcher's match was what we expected, but it felt to me like you said it was eight minutes. It felt to me like it was wetting the appetite, yeah. and the finish of it, the finish of it was. Timothy Thatcher was out wrestling Matt Riddle, and Matt Riddle did something that cost him his first loss in NXT. He turned a submission move into a pinning predicament. He got he shifted his weight, came over on Timothy Thatcher so that Timothy Thatcher's own uh, hold was pinning him to the ground, and he got the three and escaped. Timothy Thatcher is still working, according to storyline here, I guess, in kind of an MMA sense. He's trying to he's trying to submit you, and Matt Riddle has learned now. This is pro wrestling. You can pin people. So, and then Timothy Thatcher beat him down afterwards. This is not over. This is just the beginning. Great. I felt like I, I was hungry for more at the end of this. Uh, I felt like I was completely, I ate way too fast. I ate way too much. And when somebody asked me, hey, how was dinner? I'm like, uh, I think it was good. Yeah, I, I, I don't really <laughs> remember. It was okay. I guess. Hold on, let me let me. I'm not sure. Let me burp. Maybe I'll taste it. Maybe I'll taste it again. Exactly. Uh, oh yeah. Mm, exactly. Wow, that was good. I, I I definitely want more, and and I feel like I was a little bit shortchanged because we all the other stuff we're gonna. This was a big show packed into two hours, uh, uh for NXT Kyle, this week. Kyle in the super chat says, uh, "One ninety nine. Thank you, sir." He says, "This was a guy chugging the beer thirty minutes to last call." It's kind of his last call. Oh. Little bit. It, it it came at you fast. It came at you fast. Thank you, Kyle. Um, but I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm not mad at this. Give me Thatcher and Riddle. I, want, I think I wanted to be. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I'm not even disappointed. I, I wanted. I wanted more out of it. It felt like felt like they were just fast fooding it because they had other shit to get to next week and beyond. Uh, well, we've got maybe a, there's a, stuff we don't coming. know about yet that they have to get past this for. So that's my hope. That's my skeptically is, optimistic yeah. viewpoint. A pay a pay per view is coming up. We have to get to the build for that. Yeah. 
And I feel like we had one week of establishing the, the, the you know these guys' relationship. We had them show up one week of establishing the relationship, and then the breakup. Yep. And now we have a couple of weeks of them building a feud. Yep. Great. I actually, you know, aside from this week, I think we'll look back and just be like, it was fine. Yep. It's fine. We had to get to we had to get to the pay per view build, and now we're there. So cool. Uh, we also now have another build in the process. We did not know who attacked Finn Balor, but now we know. He had a match to Cameron. He had, Finn Balor had a match with Cameron Grimes, which I went into thinking I knew everything and I knew what was going to happen. I did not see, after Finn Balor held his own against Cameron Grimes, uh, Damian Priest show up ringside, hit Finn in the leg with, a, with, his, with his baton, and ha- cost Finn the match. Mm-hmm. Cameron Grimes pins Finn Balor. Man, if you don't think they've got some some plans for Cameron Grimes, he's basically number one contender right now. God damn! No, I mean, he's not. He's not. But they're they're putting a lot of wins under his belt, and they're he they're could, letting him. He could win legit go matches. challenge Keith Lee for the North American Championship right now, and and be justified in doing so. Fair enough. I will give yeah. you that. Yes. Sorry, I was thinking I was thinking Adam Cole, but no, you're absolutely like we were talking about who's fighting Keith Lee next, and I think it's going to be someone else, which we'll talk about in a All second, right. but. Cameron Grimes definitely could be on that radar. He's he's definitely been put over enough. And yes, this wasn't a clean victory. Still a victory over Finn Balor. So that's not nothing. Right. That being said, I got to talk I, Nick, we got to talk about Damian Priest yep. here. Cuz you and I both like Damian Priest a lot. I like the potential I, of Damian Priest. We're we're, we're well, long fans of Punishment Martinez. Uh, yeah. just yeah, all of that. But this, there's, am I crazy? There's something still missing here. Mm-hmm. Because he came to ringside and he kind of leisurely got over, he stepped over the barricade and Finn saw what was happening and jumped him and Damien was down kind of selling for a bit. And then he pops back up and hits Finn with the baton. It didn't, it was like the dumbest, like if you're going to jump somebody, don't wait until they see you and then slowly like come towards them. I don't know. It's something it's, it, it lacks a pop. Yep. It lacked an immediacy. And I think that's something that actually extends to Damien Priest's character overall is it's lacking some sort of energy and fire. Yeah, it's missing some of the, so I want to see a super hybrid of Godfather and Gangrel. Something in there, uh, something like Velveteen dream does this brilliantly. He'll have two, Two beautiful women to come out with, push wait, him wait. out on the couch. Gang- you know, just, there needs to wait, be wait, wait, something wait, wait. more here around the atmosphere uh, in the presentation of Damian Priest. Gangrel and the Godfather. Yeah. He's gonna come out. He's gonna like come out with some bloody women, some bloody no, hoes. Not not what bloody is- hoes. Hang on. I'm just Time oh, out. okay. Let's don't go down that ra- that rabbit hole, Mr. Horror fan. No, I'm talking I'm about. Saying. I want to see the introduction of a brood of of a harem of sorts. Uh, just to give it some vampiric kind of mystery, but also a little bit of the kind of cocky pimp stuff, kind of Godfather. Like, give him some some swagger. He that's the word I'm looking for. He has no swagger. There's nothing to him. That's 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 it. He's got a stick, and he comes out. Oh, well, I would actually argue. I would argue that he's got the swagger, but there, when you're being nonchalant, when you're being like insouciant like this where you're like hey i'm damien priest and you know i like to party and it it runs the risk of not having energy right it runs like the thing about velveteen dream who's also playing kind of a party boy yeah. 
is that he's got tons of energy and fire and personality and charisma. And and Damian Priest has that, the charisma, like you you see him and you're like, who is this guy? But what he doesn't have is that energy underneath it, that that underlying current of energy. And th- that that like electricity, when you see him, you don't feel like he could do anything at any time. He's just kind of, you feel like he's just kind of there, right? He doesn't have that that pop. And that's something that's that's that he needs to have. And I hope that something with if, if if he's going into a feud with Finn Balor, I hope because he announced I'm oh yeah, I'm the guy that beat you up. If you wanted that snake in the grass, it's me. Um, okay, cool. So we're getting Finn versus which versus uh Damian Priest. I just hope this brings out something good from Damian Priest. Because this is, in my opinion, this is he's punching upwards and Finn is stepping down. To meet Kyle in the, with the one. super chat says, I kind of nailed it, and I, I agree with him to an extent. Not completely, but uh, he's beginning to get Baron Corbin vibes from Damian Priest with now that he has been presented in NXT. Just the guy who always is a nuisance, but no depth. And that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. He can be the nuisance guy. He can be the shitty heel that comes out and interrupts. But what I was trying to say before, not so eloquently delivered, was that there needs to be more atmosphere and gravitas to his presence and that's the thing mm-hmm. that like with dream you have that gravitas and atmosphere to his presence that's what i was getting to but i think that there's that's the thing that's missing when he shows up nobody cares and you gotta make yeah, people I, care I, when he shows up i think i think you and i are both saying the same thing but differently, differently yeah. nick you're looking you're looking for the gravitas i'm looking for the like the the undercurrent of energy it's a similar yeah. thing there's there's something there's something deep in his presentation and it might just be a personal thing. That's just that's just that's just not there. Thank you, Kyle, for the super chat. So so yeah, he need, so he needs he needs to get that energy, or he just needs some bloody hose. Oh, uh, either way, uh, we've also got the cruiserweight uh, interim cruiserweight tournament still going on. This week we had uh, Jake Atlas versus Tony Nice and Jack Gallagher versus Swerve Scott, and we definitely we got some uh, some answers to some questions this week, Nick, because Jake Atlas. Beats Tony Nese. Tony Nese was mathematically eliminated, and he was just going to be here as a spoiler, but he's out, did not win a single match, and that's a storyline that we're going with, apparently, because Swerve Scott said, man, if I can't win anything, you should just quit. Referring to Jack Gallagher, who was also on the edge of p- potentially not winning a match. And Tony Nese took exception to that and uh, came out and beat up Swerve Scott before his match. He still was able to have a match with Jack Gallagher, but ultimately succumbed, and now Swerve is eliminated. Jack is eliminated. Tony's eliminated. They're all no longer uh, possibly going to win this tournament. So what did you think about these outcomes here, Nick? I was a little... uh, I liked... uh, First of all, can we stop calling Jack Gallagher gentleman? Can we stop saying his old name for his old gimmick with this new... Can we just stop drop the gentleman thing? Because right now he looks like a sailor in a bar. And I... I don't. I don't know what that is. If there's a you know, swashbuckling Jack Gallagher or something, you know, just something different. He looks like a pirate right now. Um, that's the vibe hmm. I get off of him. Anyway, I'm disappointed that um, that Killshot got eliminated. It, it was. I think they're, they're making it less complicated. So, uh, well, I thought that they protected him. Uh, they definitely and, did. And they, and they, but uh, and we now have a feud with Tony Nese ready to yeah. go. So I thought that they gave him something to do. Jack Gallagher's coming out of this with nothing to do. Agreed. So that was whereas Swerve's coming out of this with something. Killshot, I'm disappointed in, but you're right; they protected him. Uh, I totally see this going to. I believe I said it was Killsh or Kushida and uh, 
Phantasmo, I think, was my early predictions that this would come down to. Correct. And then right now, as it stands right now, uh, in Group uh, B, you've got Tozawa with 2-0 and and Ihudev Matasma with 1-1. One and one. They have a match next week. And basically, the winner of that wins yeah. that. That's, that's straight so, up. Uh, so, so I think Kushida and, and um, Ihudev Matasma is, is going to be your final for, for this tournament. Well, I don't know because they've built up uh, the other group pretty well now because you've got Kushida at 2-0, and o, Jake Atlas at 2-1, and one, and Drake Maverick at one and one. If Drake beats Kushida, we've got three two and ones, and that's a that leads to a triple threat. Uh, oh, that's a good point. If if Kushida beats Drake Maverick, then Drake's story is over, and he wins that that huh. uh, side of the tournament. So, yeah, there's still. I I personally think that if you have one group go to a straight up, whoever wins the final match, it goes on to the finals, and the other group, you've got a three way tie. That's an interesting disparity between the two groups. That's an interesting tournament. That's good booking. Whereas you have both sides with a definitive winner. It's a little more boring. The other thing to throw in here, we did have another episode of 205 Live last night after SmackDown, uh, which was interesting, where we do have Gallagher and Nice building a feud. So uh, am I reading too much into that, that it's not going to be kill shot? And that Gallagher and uh, Nice are going to go have their feud? Not Nice no, and kill I think shot? That was, no, I think that was just to settle this, you know, their side of this. All right. Uh, and and then now you're gonna have Nice and, and Swerve on the side. So I think I think that's gonna be something at least else. in NXT. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm. That's kind of what I'm feeling. But I feel like Gallagher's left in limbo here, kind of like his gimmick, where he's not really anything. He's a lot of things, but he's kind of nothing yeah. right now. You know, he's got a whole bunch of shitty sailor tattoos that look like they were stuck on with with Sharpie. Um, Press on. And he's wearing <laughs> he's wearing like a British military cape. And but he's still doing the waxed mustache, up, so I'm not- a little, a slightly waxed mustache, and he's got gentlemen on his trunks which have leopard print on them. I and he's got red. I I don't know what's happening with Jack Identity Gallagher crisis. right now. That that dude, like, I don't I don't know if he got trapped in the states and like only had a couple of different. I don't, like like some of his gear in the closet was like old gear, and he just like threw something together. I don't know what happened, but it looks like he raided like an indie wrestler's closet. Uh, or like a like a college theater department's closet to just get his gear. It's weird. Right. It's weird. But I love the guy. I, I want him to do yeah. well, and I'm just uh, uh. We also had a nice little family dinner with Johnny Gargano oh, and Candice LeRae. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, I, I I'm already there with you. Uh, once again, they're sitting around talking about all things NXT, all the things they did, all the things that they want to do. Um, and everything's smiley and happy until they turn to the camera and everything goes black and white and like it gets a little like shaky kind of delay effect and they get really serious and then the the music comes back up and they go back to kind of snarkily shooting on everyone in NXT. Um, was it just me, Nick, or did this go on for way too long and it reused the whole we're getting serious now gimmick to the point where it was a little bit eye rolling? Too much. It's way. It's being way overdone. Way overproduced. It's, it's a little try hard. Yeah. It's a little try hard, isn't yeah. it? Like, look what a heel Gargano and Candice are. Look how heelish they are. And it's. I still don't buy Candice with the hair Ooh, and the, what and is the it? lipstick. <laughs> it's the. It's the thing from Team America. We're guards. Yeah, we're guards. Yeah, we're bad. Yeah, we're, we're bad guards. guys. We're look how, how bad we're, we're we bad are. Guys. Yeah, aren't we we're so bad? bad. Right. Oh, we're bad. Yeah, we're bad guys. Right. Oh God, it's exhausting. And I we, last night in the chat in Discord we were talking we were going back and reminiscing of the days of yore of the 2016 
Cruiserweight Championship and Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano and all of the fights with DIY and Revival and AOP and all just, oh my God, how good these guys. Now we're doing this. And it just feels so wasted. I just, I, I, I appreciate experimentation. I want to be clear about that. I love yeah. the idea of trying to do it, but you've been at it for like, feels like six months at this point, trying to flip Johnny over, who spent the last four Again. years being the, no. the heart of NXT. He, that's the problem. Part of that, he went heel for about six months, remember? No, I don't. If he had a few with Ricochet, he had a few with Alistair, like, yeah, I remember don't he was. remember that. That's the point. Alistair got taken out. Well, that, maybe that is the point. Alistair got taken out, and it turned out to be Johnny Gargano who injured him. And then they had a feud. There was a time when Johnny was heel. And it kind of worked because Tommaso was out. So they and, and then Tommaso came back and he was a face. And then Johnny went face again. And then it was all very weird. But now they're turning back into the Johnny Gargano's a heel ship again. And it's, it's just not connecting this time. At least not to me. Maybe it'll work better once he gets in the ring and stops doing segments like this. Because this segment, I don't think, connected nope. at all. Um. It was, it was, as you said, Nick, overdone. It was too on the nose. It was trying way too hard. Uh, you know, he's him just being snarky. <laughs> Die, Jack, he thinks he's so big. <laughs> and then also he turns the camera. Yeah. <laughs> because that, yeah, Keith Lee, when I come for you, I'm going to break your leg. So he's going for Keith Lee. It, it's looking like we're building up a Johnny Gargano-Keith Lee program. Why not which, Cameron Grimes? Who's beaten? Johnny's a little beaten. bit higher on the on the ladder sure, still than Cameron I mean, Grimes. Cameron Grimes has knocked off just about everybody on the way up that ladder. So I would love to see, I'd love to see a Cameron Grimes Johnny Gargano match for the number one contender at the North American Championship. You know, Kyle in the chat four ninety nine. Thank you very much, thank sir. You. He says uh, it feels like they are trying to do this Stepford thing with none of the subtlety for it to work. Definitely no subtlety no. here. Definitely the no subtlety. No subtlety. subtext. <laughs> <laughs> zero subtext in this Johnny and Candace thing. Absolutely zero subtlety, zero subtext. Yeah, it's it's. I don't I don't know if they need subtlety, but a lighter touch would be nice. Yeah. Uh, you not go into the same trick over and over again. And they're going back to that like the the music stopping, the black and white serious talk to the camera a few too many times. Yeah, it's just it's it's too much. I miss it's I miss raw NXT when it was wrestling. It was it was almost pure wrestling and you told stories in the ring. And I feel like they're getting a little bit out of their comfort zone. Maybe it's because of yeah, things that are going on. We're trying to do these produced exactly. segments that the main roster yeah. has an army of people to do for them. <laughs> that maybe they're trying to film it with their iPhones and put it together themselves in iMovie. And I, it, it's sure. kind of just not working, guys. Well, and again, another thing where I don't think that their concept is wrong, but the execution is just not connecting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, this, this could work. This could work. It's just not. But I like the idea of Gargano Lee. Give me that. Uh, Undisputed Era, we also, we, you know, again, like you were saying, video packages, we don't have a whole lot of production. They basically did a four-way Zoom call. Looked a little bit like the bubbly bunch, uh, except, you know, four-way divided screen, all the members of Undisputed Era showing up and... Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I miss you, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> I miss you too, bro. It, this was awesome, bro. How are I you, just, bro? I just I smiled the entire time because they were all just okay, like, bro. Uh, <laughs> I hate to keep making Trey Parker and Matt Stone references, but this was like the Baldwin. You know what sucks about being a Baldwin? Nothing. <laughs> 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 That's what this reminded me of. It was like the, the Baldwins, like, hey, oh man, what's up, dude? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Kyle, I haven't seen you in forever. Oh, what have you been up bro. to? Oh, man. I've been on a movie. Th- I've been like shooting a big Hollywood movie <laughs> with like Daniel Day DeVito. And like, yeah, it's been great, bro. Yeah, bro. I think so too, bro. Adam Cole, why are you wearing gamer gear? Because I'm a big gamer, bro. Can't you tell by all my gamer stuff behind me, bro? That's awesome, bro. That's undisputed, bro. Whoa, that's our catchphrase. That's incredible, man. Yeah, we're totally like undisputed era. Bro, it's been a thousand days since we first showed up and took out Drew McIntyre. Thousand days, bro. That's absolutely amazing. It's almost like we're the thing that runs NXT, bro. I know, bro. I totally feel that. Roderick Strong, what do you think? Oh, I'm supposed to do something? Oh, right. Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong. No, it was like... Roderick the, Strong. You know who would be Loomis. perfect to go up against him? Roderick, Roderick Strong. Yeah, and he brought... What? What? Oh, yeah, I'll do oh, it. I, yeah, I, bro. I, I, I'm up for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. You know you know who should totally face Dexter Loomis? Yeah. Who? Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong. That's me. That is you. You're supposed to face Dexter Loomis. Oh, right, bro. I totally got it now. <laughs> Whatever the... All right. right. <laughs> Yeah, this was so much fun. I could not stop smiling during this. And I, it, I, it was, you know, take it up for what it is. If you just enjoy it for the content, it's nothing more than a goofy TikTok video that lasts 30 seconds. It's uh-huh. it's it's a good time. I enjoyed it. All right. Roderick Strong is going to face Dexter Loomis. That's pretty much all. That was the end result of this. Uh, we also had Aaliyah losing to Caden Carter when she was trying to impress Robert Stone and become part of the Robert Stone brand. He was not impressed because she lost. Uh, but I'm curious what the end game is here, if they are ultimately going to have Aaliyah go on a I really want to be in the Robert Stone brand arc and then end up in the Robert Stone brand and then what that means. She's going to be teaming up with Chelsea Green. Okay. Listen, I give Aaliyah a lot of, uh, a lot of shit. I liked this match. I did too. I, I, actually, I, I think she's got know, a lot of upside. Uh, I thought there was yeah. a there's there's a missed opportunity with Aaliyah though, where I wanted to see her go more after Zia Lee because whatever happened with the whole broken nose thing that happened last week and it was kind of quick and done. exactly and that was so we're we're just whoop, switching gears again. All right, well now she cares about Chelsea Green and Robert Stone because reasons that we don't know and haven't really been told to us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, well, obviously, I mean, again, stuff we don't know. For some reason, they they don't think it's worth a program with Zia Lee, and they think Ali is worth investing in, and they're going to give her something to do. Yeah. So, to me, that says that they're going to try something with Aaliyah because they see something in her that we may not see because we're not there twenty four seven in the PC and seeing all the nuances. We just have to interpret what their actions are and then try to speculate. That's pretty much Nick. That's pretty much what just, we do. Just keep just keep uh, her Tegan away Knox. from Vanessa Bourne because there's Aaliyah's is good. Just I liked Bad and Bougie. I thought that was a fun little thing for a while there. No? All right. To each their own. Tegan Knox to beat Indy Hartwell. So we're keeping Knox hot for something. I don't know if we're going to continue with the uh, Dakota Kai. Well, we she keeps feud, cutting video personally. packages, so maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Something's going on there. You had Rhea cutting a video package on Charlotte and EO, uh, where she basically, great one, by the way, too. Very intense. Where she said, uh, you know, that belt is mine, Charlotte, and if I have to go through Io Shirai to get it, then so be it. But uh, I'm coming back for my baby. So cool. We're already we're already back on track to have an end game for Charlotte. Mwah, love it. The only question is, Nick, I have Io Shirai. Is she the new Bianca Belair? And my big complaint about Bianca was she was always the bridesmaid, never the bride in NXT. And it really, I thought, did not look good for NXT to have the champions that they had and not ever pull the trigger on Bianca Belair. Hasn't that kind of 
kind of and I'm always wondering... been the case. We had Asuka for a couple of years. Nobody could ever get there. We've had Shayna for a couple of years since. Nobody could ever get there. We had Rhea was the next one that kind of came in and superseded everybody else. And I thought we were going to be with Rhea for a long time. It looks like we still might. But again, it's is anybody going to take out the queen? No, now now you're getting now you're getting American Rhea or you're rather you're not having Australian Charlotte. Right. Is basically the problem. So, yeah, now it's a matter of how long before Rhea gets it back and then how long Rhea holds it. But that's what I'm asking is does that give Io Shirai the short shrift? Yeah. A little bit. Should Io be should Io sneak in at some point and have a reign as champ? So that we have some sort of diversity at the top and we have a little bit of titles changing hands as opposed to the NXT Women's Championship always being on the seemingly like always on the same person or the same people. In, a, in, a, in, the, in the shittiest way I can imagine, if I put my Vince suit on, he's going to say, I've already got an Oscar. Why do I need another one? <laughs> okay. But you know what, the, do you know what I mean? That, you're, you already have a Charlotte. Why do we make the joke about you've got Southern Charlotte and mid, a midget Charlotte and and Australian Charlotte and all the rest? We that's the joke we make is you've already got a Charlotte. So it's the same thing with you I, know. I un- you already I got an Oscar. Yeah, break. I understand, but I, I just Sorry, I, I feel like that's that's probably the reaction is that it's the it's the spectacle. It's the uh, the I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Honestly. Kyle, okay, let me jump over to Super Chat. Kyle with nine ninety nine. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, the question he has is, Ripley's, has Ripley's aura been damaged? Because everything that he's seen on social is people pushing back because she tapped after being this big-time babyface. Asuka tapped to Charlotte. Everyone taps to Charlotte. I don't think that that's... If that's the perception, then they do have to do some rehab on that. But I don't think... People tap to Charlotte all the damn time. Everyone taps to Charlotte because it's Charlotte. But that also gives Rhea a redemption arc. It gives her a babyface arc to go on to come back and beat Charlotte. And then we're rooting for her because last time she failed. And if, we, if they do it right, the hope is that we're now going to get behind her. Because in a moment of weakness, she was not who she could be. And if she overcomes this monster, this, she, if she slays this dragon, we're all going to root for her. We're all going to cheer for her. That's the theory. So no, I don't think that it dam- it shouldn't damage her aura. And if people are arguing that it does, then they're not paying attention, in my opinion. My hope is that we end up with because Charlotte broke the kendo stick out because she couldn't feel she didn't feel like she could get past Io. Do we get some kind of stipulation match now uh, at the new pay per view coming up here in a couple of weeks that's been announced? That is going to be some kind of no DQ that allows certain things. Uh, are we going to ha- give EO a, an opportunity to get one over on Charlotte where she does pick up the title? And then EO and all of this setup that's going on with EO and Rhea is going to f- pay off beyond Charlotte? I I hope we don't go to a no DQ match or something of that sort because we're already getting an a- in AEW. Nyla, Nyla hit Sheeta on the head with the kendo stick and now their match is no DQ, weapons allowed. So if they do the same thing in WWE, it's going to seem redundant. I mean, so hopefully they find another. Something I, else maybe not to everybody. I didn't even put that together. So I mean, I, I I don't think they're one in one. I don't think I don't feel like they're trying to copycat each other in any way. I think I think they would take criticism if they did if they had the same kind of match on both not? shows. <laughs> <laughs> fairly often, fairly often. Uh, we had a little another little promo from uh, Killer Cross and Scarlet. Pretty st- simple, straightforward, showing highlights of them showing up and you know establishing that they're not there to play nice they're there to you know kill people essentially Good. so straightforward 
to the, to the tunes of Alter Bridge. They paid money. They licensed some music. Look at that. So real quick before we get out of NXT, they did announce also you had DX backstage. You had Hunter and, and Shawn Michaels had a bandana on his face, which he kept lifting up to talk, which was all right. And then Road Dog was hiding under the console and popped up from behind for some, from, for some, some reason. Uh, but they were saying, hey, you know, guys, we want to do something special for NXT. Um, so we're going to bring back an old pay-per-view. We're all sitting in our houses, so why not do In Your House? Because that was such a good series of pay-per-views back in the early mid-90s. I think there was like only one, maybe two good In Your Houses. The first In Your House, the the title, as I recall, was Diesel versus Sid, the title match. I don't remember. Which is the lowest grossing time for title matches in WWE history, as if I recall correctly. So what do you think about the return of In Your House? Is it a cute, fun little gimmick, or is it just kind of a dumb idea? Why don't you just call it TakeOver Performance Center? Or TakeOver Orlando? Are they trying to be, like, lighter about the entertainment? Like, ha-ha, aren't we having fun? We... Do you think it's like they're trying to be more breezy because it's everything's kind of serious right now? They're trying to not be as serious? I don't know how to judge this yet. That's a feeling? Because uh, I'm a mark for DX. You guys know that. I know your disdain for it. But it's getting to a point where it's a little... All right, they're, they're, it's been 30 years. It's been 20 years. Like, like, it was kind of dad jokey. It, it, it's very, very dad jokey. Yes. And there's a select group of individuals, I don't know, namely their demographic, that uh, likes this kind of stuff or is lapsed fans of the Attitude Era that would appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Right? They're hitting those 40s and 50 and up numbers every week. So uh, maybe, maybe they're looking at that demo no- stat and just going, all right, well, let's steer into that. Let's go find them all. Let's do, let's pull, let's revive pay-per-views from 1995. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't it, know what to make of like it the, I, I, Yeah, I'm, I've, I'm not going to lie. I'm of two minds of this as well. I don't, I don't, I can't say for certain my, my opinion because on the one hand i'm sitting there going yeah dude in your house oh my god that takes me back uh and on the other hand i'm just kind of like it's eh, kind of dumb yeah. you guys gotta be gotta be forging new territory trying new yeah. things you know what i mean like you they brought back war games and they updated it and they gave it a, a gnarly new veneer uh and it felt kind of like mad max fury road versus road warrior but uh yeah, in your house is more. That's not exactly war games. No. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, how are you going to update kid and play in house party? House party two. Yeah, but for like the modern era. Oh no. No. You know, I don't. I don't know. Post Malone as as kid and play. I don't know. I don't. I. So I'm of two minds. Yeah. I'm of two minds. Um. They might just call it in your house and we just have matches. I think that's what they're probably yeah. going to do with it. But yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll see. Cool. All right. It, you're in your house. Get it? <laughs> Get it? Uh, so, Nick, uh, enough winking, enough NXT. Let's talk about the main show yes. as it supposedly is. Then, and, and I know that you've been looking forward to this all day because there, there is one man who was the main part of this. Let's head over and talk about Friday Night Smackdown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to take a moment and go back. For those of you that have been oh, along yeah. for the ride for a long time, when Heavy Machinery <laughs> debuted in NXT, <laughs> I went, yep. 
Now he's Mr. Money in the Bank, and he's having matches with the That's... Universal Champion. Yeah. Otis uh, open and is the center of the show, Nick. Not just oh, yeah. that, not just having match. He's the because you know Dolph Ziggler's having matches with champs and stuff, but you would never say Dolph Ziggler's the center of the show. Otis was the centerpiece of SmackDown this week. The show opened with a Miz TV segment dedicated to him. He had a through line storyline that went through the entire show, and the show ended with him in a match, winning a match and standing tall with the Universal Champion and his girl. My God. Um, the <laughs> So let's run this down. Otis comes out at the top of the show. Miz TV. Otis comes out at the top of the show. And uh, Miz and Morrison interview him about becoming Money in the Bank champion. Of course, they also talk smack. And it was it's like water off of a duck. Nothing they say to Otis. Calling him fat. Showing, him ch- showing childhood pictures of him and dissing his mom and dissing him. And it just rolls off his back. He just The only time he, he kind of gets a little salty is when he goes... I get the sense we might have a problem, but like goes right back to just having fun with everything, juking and jiving. And I want to run through this, Nick, because I've got, I, I think we, you and I both have a lot to say about Otis right now. Um, by the end of the segment, Miz and Morrison challenge him to a tag match. Uh, Tucker's not there. He's home with dysentery from Oregon trail, whatever that means. Um, so Otis has the entire show to find a partner. Seamus tells him no. Can't find a partner. Goes to uh, and Mandy says, you know, <sighs> Braun Strowman's around. You could ask him. And Otis goes, that's a great idea. Thank you, my little peach. <sniffs> goes and finds Braun Strowman. Braun says, I know why you want to ask me because you want to get me in the ring so you can come at me with that briefcase. And Otis, go, and Otis goes, no, man, actually, I genuinely want you to help me with this. And Braun says, I'll think about it. So sure enough, we get to the main event. Otis is out there alone. Looks like Braun isn't coming, but then Braun! And Braun comes out to help him, as you would expect. Miz and Morrison get their asses kicked. And Braun and Otis stand tall to end the show. Out comes Mandy to smooch Otis. Otis fakes like he's going to go for Braun, and then is like, I'm just kidding, dude. And they both stand tall. Happy moments. Hooray all around. Um, unless you're Tucker when you're sitting at home crying and eating you know, pork rinds. What do you think about the presentation of Otis here, not only how they showed him, but how he handled himself. What do you think about that? Brilliant. Played into his character. The, the part that, by the way, before I get into this, shout out to Esme with the $5 super chat says, are you ready? Oh no, no. Esme. Are you ready for a good time? Thank you. It's going to be stuck in my head the rest of the day. Uh, there's a lot to say here. First of all, Opening the show, Miz TV with Miz and Morrison, former former SmackDown Tag Champions, and Otis is coming out with the briefcase. Immediately, my mind goes to, oh, how is the, how is Otis going to cash this in with Tucky for the Tag Team Championships in the future? And I kind of went, huh? Okay, there's some, there might hmm. be something there. Uh, might comes be. out and we get the old <laughs> Bailey, this is your life of Otis attempt. But Otis steers into it properly and goes, yeah, look at them quads, look at the biceps, and just redoing Otis. They make fun of his penis size. They make fun of him having meat in the, in the, in the suitcase. All, it just, like you said, brushes it off. And I just thought this was absolutely brilliant. Really, really well done. Loved all of this. Ultimately, with Braun coming out, we got Braun doing the Caterpillar, and that make, gives me pause, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. I was... 
I don't know what that was. It was not. That was him coming out and dancing with the New Day. That was him coming out like all the stuff. Sure. Stop it. Yeah, we can. No, we we'll get to Braun yeah, in a second because Braun also. I'm gonna take Braun and put him over here Braun. for just a minute because I'm talking about Otis right now. And, <laughs> and Miz and Morrison, like every all these segments, everyone looked yes. good. But but we'll stick to Otis for right now. We'll 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 get on the line. This is Vince's fabled brass wing, ring, and Otis is absolutely grabbing it and taking it home for all it's worth. And that's that's really what I wanted to say there. No, you you took the words out of my mouth, Nick. The, the brass ring. So ever since Vince said that on the Stone Cold show, people have been throwing that back at him right and left, whether it's wrestlers or fans or media or whoever. That line has just been picked on. And I think it's because, and, and in part, I, and I do understand why, and I think that it is something that in his mind is this, you know, it seems arbitrary, but at the same time, it's one of those things where when you see it, you see it. And here's a situation where Otis, as a talent, was given opportunities on this show. You're going to go out there with Miz and Morrison, and you need to project a certain thing through the camera. Right. You need to be likable. You need to be someone that the audience is going to root for. That's your job. And that's a really, really kind of ephemeral thing hard to describe what we were just talking about with Damian Priest. That's a really difficult thing to tell someone what to do. Go out there, be likable. Go out there and make us root for you. <sighs> That's, I've, I, I, back when I used to do auditions, I had a casting director give me a note. Be more charismatic. For like a scene yeah. note. Can you do it again, but can you be more charismatic? The hell does that right. mean? Right? That's Vince's brass ring. If you can go out there and make people care, that's the brass ring. That's grabbing it. That's when you get TV time, people want to watch. That's the brass ring. That's it. But that's such a difficult thing to describe the nuances of how you do it. Otis did it here. He did it. He went out there and between, like, he didn't mug. He mugged a lot, which is his gimmick. But he didn't, he mugged when it was appropriate. He got. You know, he he threw it away and became serious or he became normal, I guess is the wrong word, but he he dropped it at the right times. Yeah. He let you see that this is he let you see there's a real guy under here, right? A very fun, very entertaining guy, but also a real guy. And some people were questioning, you know, putting up Otis's kid pictures and everything, and they're like, oh, it's too much, it's over the top. Um, they only showed, I think, like, what, two or three, three of them? And each the way he reacted to each one humanized him so well. I thought it actually was effective. Yep. And not only that, but then, like, him going around and asking people to be his tag partner during the show was effective. Like, you know, where Otis at times can just be so over the top, his ability to bring it down and be a, a realistic person person while still being really kind of a heightened weirdo which is his gimmick it's it's he found that sweet spot yeah. where people like he reacts to people in certain ways that keep that gimmick believable but at the same time make him relatable and he did it throughout the entire show front to back every time he was given the chance to it's and this is a crazy thing to say nick but his and mandy's relationship even is believable. 
I truly believe that they care for you. Like, I believe Mandy cares because for him. Because they've now, taken time to invest in the story, and they've told us this whole thing going all the way back to December. But it's also, it's, I don't, I don't obviously believe that they're actually in a real relationship, no. but Mandy reacts to him the way you would someone you genuinely care right. about. Right? I believe in real life, Mandy believes he's a good dude. In real life, I believe she's, she thinks he's a good yeah. guy. And that goes a long way. The way he interacts with her is just, is, is so sweet and it's genuine. And that, all of that, all of that comes together to me that this was the week where I went from being like, yeah, oh, this is awesome to like, that guy has a crap ton of potential. Well, that's, that's like, a perfect segue. Rob Hutchins with $25 in the Super Chat. Damn. Thank you very much, Thank Rob. You, says, sir. how high can Thanks, they take Rob. Otis? Icy belt? I wouldn't hate that. What do you think Otis's ceiling is? Uh, well, right, he's got a briefcase for the Universal Championship right now. And a bra. And, and a unless he, and it with <laughs> right here, they were running all the things he had in there. He had Rolaids, he had Gas X, and he had a Bratwurst in the, in the briefcase. Oh, my God. Um, it, this is the thing is he's got a briefcase. How long does he hold on to that? I mean, I, I'm going to say right now, it would not surprise me to have Otis win the universal championship at some I, point. I, maybe I not hold it for long. Maybe not hold it for long. Probably maybe be like an interim champion or something like not an interim, but like a transitional champ or something like that. I don't think he's going to be the face of the company. It wouldn't surprise me if they gave him a title shot. I'm going to I'm going to steer run. into what I said after Money in the Bank as a joke sort of comment on our recap show and say that watch out Otis is going to because he's such a good guy uh and he's going to end up using it to give Mandy an opportunity at the SmackDown Women's Championship. Oh dude, that that I think that would be such a cool That book. would I don't know if that would be work, like the but... ultimate like the good guy story that they're telling the jock that never could get the girl finally got the girl. And now because she trusted him and fell in love with him he, against all odds, he's going to pay it forward or pay it back with, by using his contract that he happenstancely got uh, on mm -hmm. accident. He can use it as an opportunity to give his, his lovely peach an opportunity. Wow. Oh, it would be so yeah. good. That would that would I, I agree that would be good. I don't know how they're, a lot of people would be screaming about the rules, but come on, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> they just put the title belt in the um, women's money in the bank contract for Oscar. Right. You know, they, come on, the rules are out the window at this point. It's their world; they can do whatever they want. Right. Uh, also, Kyle with four ninety nine. Thank, thank you, sir. You, he said Otis really, sh Otis really showed why he gets the Chris Farley comparison. Not only the over the top stuff, but also the quieter moments that make you cheer for him. Well said, Bringo. Very well said. I mean, even I would even throw. He's got a little more John Candy, even at some points. We're, I love how we're talking about big Belushi. guy comedians. Oh, uh, it was where I would go. Yeah, just only he's addicted to ham instead of cocaine. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, no, it's I. I was over the moon with the presentation of Otis this week, uh, and again, that was just him. And then everyone around him seemed to do well too. Miz and Morrison were doing really good shtick. Mandy, as I said, looked really good, and Braun Strowman is looking like a thinking champion. You know, they're, Miz and Morrison were joking about how he's dumb, but, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen Braun Strowman be presented as a guy who thinks, right? Who th he thinks one step ahead. We're not there yet, to be fair. 
he he's getting there. He outsmarted Bray. He outsmarted Bray, and he just said, like, as soon as Otis asked him, he's like, "Look, dude, I know what you're trying to do. Let me contemplate if I trust you enough to do this, and if I feel like I can outthink you in the situation." That doesn't feel like a big dumb monster. That feels like a thinking champ. Um. So I was happy with how Braun was presented, and as you said, Nick, like he even at one point was like he getting into the Otis fun and tried to do a caterpillar, and it was of course the worst caterpillar you've ever right. seen. But it was still, it was funny. It was fun. This whole thing was fun. It was very entertaining. And I was very happy with that stuff on Smackdown. I was also very happy, no Bray, no Fiend. No Bray, no Fiend. That, that on the let one me hand. know that... But no Tucker on the other hand. So. Well, that, that aside, uh, that also let me know that they're taking Braun's championship run seriously here. And I'm very happy about that. It's not going to be something that's just going to last for two weeks. He's looking better and better with it every week, like you say, looking smarter, but coming out and doing things the right way. Now, do we get a full-on bearded blue-collar money-in-the-bank cash-in here where Otis does get the championship and just gets annihilated by the Fiend at some pay-per-view in the near future? I, I wouldn't write that off. That's, that's, that's totally kind of what possible. I'm saying. Like, I'm thinking about how does Otis cash in when now the two big guys that are circling the title are Braun and Bray. How do you have Otis cash in in that situation? Maybe that's the way. Is is he sneaks one in on Braun and then pays for it? Bray gets him or something. I don't know, but I wouldn't put it past happening. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Let's talk about some other stuff on the show. We also um, have some bad news and some good news. The bad news is Sami Zayn, because he refuses to work due to feeling unsafe for health reasons, uh, has been stripped of the IC title. Now, it's only been two months, and Lord knows Brock has been gone for longer than that at times, but he's not Sami Zayn, and those are planned, and this is Sami saying, I don't want to work. And, you know, WWE said they're not going to retaliate against people, and yet here they are stripping the man of his Intercontinental Championship. So Sami is no longer the IC champion, and instead of doing what I thought would be the honorable thing and saying that we're going to crown an interim champ, kind of like Jordan Devlin, right, where they say, well, he can't come do this, so we're going to crown an interim champ, and then Jordan Devlin can come back and challenge later. They just stripped Sammy. And they said that we're going to have a tournament, an Intercontinental Championship tournament instead. Uh, the brackets that we were shown was uh, Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak and Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy on Block A, Nakamura versus AJ Styles, and Elias versus Baron Corbin in Block B. Uh, so let's really quickly run down the matches we had this week. We had Elias versus King Corbin, a match that everyone wanted to see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they gave quite a bit of time to. But we also, as a palate cleanser, had Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan. So, Nick, let's, let's talk about these matches, and then let's talk about the outcomes and our predictions for the Intercontinental picture here. Because Elias versus King Corbin, I'm not going to lie, I... When they started this match, I wanted to kill myself. By the end, I feel like they put on actually a pretty good match. Like, WWE style, not really invested in either of these guys. But, damn it, they, they went out there and did pretty good work. Yeah, it was fine. I, it was, I was fine. pleasantly surprised to see Baron Corbin not just get handed another thing. Another victory, another pass. And that was, right? yeah. And, and, and I feel like they've the been coming here. around on Elias the last six months. Since he flipped back over to being face. And this whole this yeah. whole angst with and the feud that he's built with Baron Corbin, while we've it's questionable and we've had our critiques, it's still there. 
The few yeah. the, the heat is and, still there for it, I think. And and yeah, they had another kind of a a decent match. Do you feel here. like? Do you feel like that they? Was this the blow off? Finally, are we blown off with this? Are we done? I don't think so. Oh God. <laughs> I feel like this should have been the blow off. Um, although I did, it's a it's I a first round a of a tournament. It's, there's no. Yeah, no, right. I, uh, real quick, I got to call. It. Esme sent five bucks in. Oh. Said Ducky should have got the girl, and I thought she was referring to Tucky and had a typo. But apparently, she was referring to uh, Pretty and Pink Ducky. Mm. I got you. Thank you, Esme. John Hughes. Um. Thank you, Esme. Uh. The w- so the weird, the funny thing about this, the thing that thing that cracked me up about this, was Elias won the match because he snapped when Baron Corbin smashed his, his guitar on the ring post. For a guy who smashes guitars over people a lot, that's a funny reaction to have. Just gonna throw that out there. Just gonna throw that out there. But at the end of the day, Elias goes through. Corbin does not. Elias will face the winner of Nakamura and AJ, which is happening next week. Uh, we had Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan, a match with no strikes, Nick. Mm. No strikes whatsoever. This was, I feel like, a dream match for a lot of people, myself included. I think we've all wanted to see this match. We got about 70 to 75% of, I would love to see these two have a 60-minute Ironman match. <laughs> Uh, just Jesus Christ. It was beautiful. Th- this is kind of like last week I was saying, I want to see Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy have a match for 60 minutes. I want to see these two guys have a match. Good God. Like this, this should have been saved for a pay-per-view. I'm glad we didn't see it run for that long. It was it mostly was. just a submission match, but I want to, when this all started, when, this all, when they started on a pay-per-view, it yeah. was great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I loved it. Every second of it. Yep. It was, it, it Best match they've had on SmackDown in a yeah, long easily, time. Uh, I don't know if it's easily match of the week, but it's it's definitely up there. It's one of those where if you didn't see this match, go watch this match. This yeah, is one of those great. matches. If you like technical mat wrestling, it, was it beautiful. doesn't get much better. Um, and as you would assume, Daniel Bryan did win. Made Gulak look great in the process, but Daniel Bryan goes on to face the winner of Sheamus and Matt Hardy. Interesting, they're starting that feud off in this as well. Uh, I can only imagine we're going to end up just looking at this with AJ versus Daniel Bryan. And I, it's weird because AJ's raw. So I, I have to assume Daniel Bryan wins that. But, uh, yeah, it's strange. What do you think the IC picture is here? Because Daniel Bryan made a very passionate speech about it. Um, he said, you know, he, he won it back in the day and never lost it. He won it WrestleMania 31 ladder match and then had to give it up and then when he gave it up, he never he wasn't allowed to wrestle again until in recently. A very, the, so do you in think a, that, in a very mo wrestling kind of way? The, <laughs> I want Daniel Bryan to get it back so that ultimately we can end up going back to the Miz Daniel Bryan feud to put it back on the Miz so he can get his numbers <laughs> long term, right? Like not tomorrow, but long term. I, 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 you know, Nick, I give you crap for Nick booking, but I'll take that yep. one. That's absolutely. I would also like Miz, Miz to get the record, um, but. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm not, and I'm also not mad with AJ versus Brian in the finals if that's what it is. Like, I'll take. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad at another round of AJ and Nakamura as long as it's not dick punches. Oh God, if they throw, if they bring a dick punch into this, Nick, I'm flipping a yep. desk. I'm flipping a yeah, desk. No. Oh. Uh, your girl Dana Brooke got a win, beat Naomi in like a three minute match. It was like five minutes, but still, 
what are the plans for Dana? She just won two over Naomi. What are what? what? Probably a intermediary to- contender for Bailey to because I, mean, I guess she's kind of the number one contender now, right? For Bailey, are they? Are they punishing Naomi for something? Are they mad at Naomi for what's going on with the Usos? I don't know. What's up? I don't know. That's weird. Why why bring her back in with a whole new look if you're not going to give her a little bit of a push and you're just going to feed her to a Dana Brooke or a Carmella, right? That's weird. (sighs) Frogs falling from the sky. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. I'm not sure what's going on here. Uh, Charlotte came back to SmackDown. Because people want more Charlotte. The metrics, the numbers have been run. The metrics have been crunched. And people want more Charlotte. She gave a uh, mm, spicy promo. She's, uh, they, they're going to have, so basically they, they announced this week that they're going to have uh, brand invitationals where you can request someone from the other brand. And it's only going to happen four times a year. <laughs> okay, Wild card sure. 2.0, ladies and gentlemen. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we believe that. Right. <laughs> uh, but she said, that's right, um, I'm I'm great. People love me. My last name is Flair. Eat it. Basically just triggering all the haters in about 30 seconds. I like this. Of this I think promo. this is what she should have done the whole so, time. Steer God into damn it. Damn good promo. Steer into it. She's steering into it. I was good. And then out came Bailey and Sasha to say, ho, look, three of the four horsewomen are here and the fourth is off being a horse mommy. So here we are. In the ring, the other ladies, remember the history? Bailey's like, yeah, that's right, Charlotte. You know why I'm champ? Because I'll beat you. Funny. Welcome back to SmackDown. Some smack was talked. Charlotte asked Sasha why she was hanging out with a loser like Bailey where, when she was such a big deal before. And Sasha got a little pensive for a second. And Bailey tried to interrupt. And Charlotte said, no, 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 no. You hush up for a second. A little sniping. And we ended up in a, in a champion versus champion match. Next week, Bailey versus Charlotte Flair. Uh... Nick, I know we're running behind, but real quick here, what did you think about Bailey's promoing here? Because I, I thought Bailey did the best mic work she's done in a long time. You guys know how I feel. I, I, I when Bailey and Sasha first came out, I eye rolled. I didn't see this coming. I didn't put two and two together. I, I had mostly forgotten about, or that wasn't top of mind about the history that Charlotte and Sasha have, and all the firsts that they have. And Charlotte did a very good job of reminding us of all of those things. And I thought the way that she delivered that was really nice. And I went, "Oh yeah, I forgot about. Oh yeah, oh oh oh, I see what they're doing here." That was my. I, so initially, I eye rolled. Great, four horse women of NXT. Okay, and then I went. Oh no! This is genius. This is brilliant. This is the way to. This is the way to pit Sasha um, against Bailey. Charlotte. Charlotte is the 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 lighter yep. that sets the fire between She's the two. She's turning of them. the knob, and I love it. I love it. I, mm-hmm. I, by the end of this, I was just like, yes, yes, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm in. I got to give props to Bailey. She was finally acting like the heel I wanted her to be. She kind of rolled over for Sasha at the one or for Charlotte at the one point, which I didn't like, but the attitude and the snark and the yeah she felt like just a dick heel here and i uh, so on the mic at least i thought bailey finally i was like there it is that's what i want to see from yeah bailey. kyle calling me so, out in the chat props to her. I, I was about to go off on this i was like oh great one you could have had lacy come out and, and do something but no you're gonna bring bailey you're gonna have heel versus heel kind of thing going on in the ring and it, it didn't make sense where's where's facey evans right now uh, and then it made then it Still. all made sense at once Charlotte started explaining things and I went oh yeah. uh-huh. oh yeah. yes okay the hi- I'm in the history yeah. the history's there the history's yeah. there so 
Um, and yes, kill a kill a B Rye. Brian in the chat. She can be a dick heel in a suit. Um, yeah, put a suit on Bailey. Put a suit on Bailey. It's better than what she was wearing this week. A uh, couple more quick things: Sonia and Dolph versus Otis and Mandy next week. And Sonia had a promo that she just knocked out of the goddamn park again. I don't know if they're going into like a she's kind of crazy angle or she's just super intense or somewhere between the two. But my God, that woman can promo. I'm, I'm so happy she's getting an opportunity here because she's finally getting a mm. chance to show just, you know, in, in 30 seconds, showing you the equivalent of a weigh-in promo, what you would I do. I need a prop, Nick. I need, to, I need to have like a prop over here because I can just grab a brass ring and hold it up every time someone grabs a brass ring because she grabbed the brass ring this week. A lot of brass ring grabbing this week. Yep. Bailey, Sonia, Otis, Braun, everyone grabbing them rings. Yep. Lots of ring grabbing. Yep. Forgotten Sons, speaking of ring grabbing, they cut a promo. They had a, a the, it wasn't much of a promo. It was basically Jackson Riker saying, we went to, we went to serve our country. We came back. Everyone hated us. So now we're going to punch you. That's basically the promo. But what was interesting is it started off saying the views of the Forgotten Sons are not necessarily those of the WWE. Disclaimer. Interesting little gimmick there. Interesting little gimmick mm-hmm. there. So I'm I'm curious what they're going to be doing with the Forgotten Sons. Where are they going to go for like philanthropy? Is what they're doing with Michigan, them. Michigan, Michigan militia kind of thing, where they're, they're patriots but they're counter patriots. Like I, uh, they are so outside of the TV show. They have the Forgotten Sons on a tour of Zoom calls, and they've been touting this with vets. They've been basically doing the, the typical military tour that they do where they go to base-to-base base and when they're in certain cities and things like that, specifically here in the Carolinas, lots of bases here. Um, yeah. But they, they are on Twitter they're, and pr- Instagram. They're heavily promoting all three of the Forgotten Sons, ex-Marines. Well, you're never an ex-Marine. Uh, former Marines. Um, Blake Cutler. Cutler wasn't a Marine, uh, to was a, Jackson and, just... and Wesley were, yeah. Wait, Wesley? Wesley Blake. Wesley Blake. <laughs> Wesley Blake. Oh, Blake. I'm sorry. Cutler was a Marine. Blake was not. That's what it was. Cutler, uh, I'm not sure which one of the two, but Jackson was. I know Cutler was. Okay. Sorry, I misspoke. I, uh, Blake, Blake, I don't think was. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Anyway. The point is, the point is they're doing there. philanthropy. So now right. to, ru- to tie that in with the TV show, they have them come on and it put on this face of our country has forgotten us. It's born in the 4th of July right. in wrestling, right? It's the country's forgotten doesn't about that us seem, all that. Doesn't that seem kind of like Jinder Mahal being a heel on TV and then a face when he goes to India? Kind of. it, seem, it seems like if you were going to get these veterans to watch your show, they're going to watch the show and be like, those guys that I liked so much are being disrespectful now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But why did they need a disclaimer just to say that we're vets? That was the thing. The disclaimer I thought like we're setting up for future installments where they might get a little bit more edgy. It seemed it seemed hmm. Yeah, Xander saying Cutler was Seems that strange. was his original gimmick in the next year. Yeah, no, and I'm yeah. looking up now. Uh, Blake uh Blake was not he went he was a, he wanted to be a wrestler from the beginning. He was a Dory Funk Jr. uh wrestler. So yeah. Yeah. So any at any rate, the bottom line is interesting. We also had a uh, an interesting promo. Looking forward to seeing where they're going with it. Becky Lynch also had a little send off video package, which I'm not gonna lie, got a little misty. 
They got me a little bit with it. They, Another good one by they, them. They can nail their packages. That's for sure. They that hashtag phrase. You know it. Hello. Uh, I will say this though: if that's how Becky's remembered, she's gonna like when she does come back to wrestling. It's she's gonna be freaking. Oh my god, it's gonna be a huge deal. That first deal. time I you feel, hear that music hit, that it's just Jesus it's gonna be Christ. complete silence. I see what I did there. What? Because there's still gonna be no fans. No. Oh, shut up. That's not even, come on, Nick. That's just, that's not. We're <laughs> you're fired. All right, that does it for SmackDown, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Nick, I think that means we need to go over and uh, do a little section that we like that we dedicate to our listener Sean Clark, who came up with the idea. Yes. Uh, it is known as the moment of positivity. The mop, the moment of positivity, the moment where we talk about the thing that happened this week in wrestling that made us happy, that made us smile, that made us feel those little warm things in our tummies. What was your moment of positivity for this week? So many things to choose from. This was a fantastic week of wrestling. It's one of the first times in a long time where all three shows have, I felt like, knocked it out of the park. Really, really good shows uh, across the board. If I had to pick one thing, one very specific thing, it was John Morrison going in on Otis on what he had in his briefcase or how he got the girl. And Otis just kind of staring into it a little bit. Yeah, I got some Rolades and some gas eggs and a bratwurst in case I get hungry later. That made me laugh. That made me laugh so hard. That's my that's my happy moment. You're a child. I, I am a 12-year-old wrapped in a grown man's a body. Uh, but I somewhat, but at the same time, Otis, the Otis, I think my moment of positivity is Otis really landing the plane this week, maybe for the first time ever since I saw him and Tucky debut as heavy machinery in NXT. Like this was, I think he's, nailed, he's buzzed the tower a few times. He, he's totally, they've been building and building and building and building and building and building and getting money in the bank and then coming back and the fallout show right after Money in the Bank coming out with this. And you've got Miz and John Morrison there just putting you over AF to open SmackDown. And he nailed it. And then carried the entire show. So I knew you were going to do Otis. I knew you were going to do Otis because everything about Otis was definitely a moment of positivity for me as well. Like just everything was just so like, yo, dude, nailed it. Nailed it. For me, it's going to be the amount of just really nice technical wrestling matches this week. Thatcher versus Riddle, Brian versus Gulak, um, and I'll even throw the 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 tag match from AEW in there, which was I thought really well worked too. There's a lot of good stuff on uh, on AEW wrestling wise. That's not a surprise, but yeah, just it was just a good week. It was a good week for entertainment. I thought all the shows were were solid as hell this week. So. That in and of itself. Yeah, that was that's a really a good point. Positive. The shows themselves, yeah. for the first time in as long as I well, can remember, all being great. Raw, what we were talking about Raw earlier this week, entertaining from front to back. They filled three hours. I think there's one thing we said on our Raw show was they filled three hours. I didn't feel the the time yeah. this week. SmackDown, solid, solid from front to back. Yep. You know, even even segments normally I don't like. I was like, no, oh, pretty good. Even Elias and Corbin. Even Elias and Corbin at the end, I was like, that was a pretty good yeah. match. <laughs> so maybe that's my moment of positivity. Shit was pretty good overall this yeah. week, man. Add good some stuff. fans, WWE, and holy smokes, you guys are going to be okay. But you got to get rid of the deafening silence. Because it is deafening when it is silent. 
It, it is overwhelming how quiet it is in there. I need some kind of noise. Find 10 people and place them around the performance center. It's way spread out. You've got the personnel there. It can be other wrestlers. We don't really care. Look at what AEW did. Faces and heels on opposite sides. It works. You need some noise. Hashtag wrestling. Yep. Because hashtag crowds. <sighs> yeah, it's again a presentation on AEW. It I, marked difference. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous, and uh, thank you guys very much. But oh go, we're not done just yet. Oh. We've got just oh. enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, kind of slim right now, but that's okay. we got a couple things to talk about. For one thing, the ratings, AEW, 654,000 with a .23, and NXT with 604,000 and .15. Both down this week. Both down, uh, but AEW still pulling out a narrow victory. So, mm-hmm. Dwindling, much like Dwindling, Raw. though. Dwindling. Although, no, Raw and SmackDown were up this oh, week. Up from 1.8? They were up. They were up. Oh, wow. Okay. So, Yeah. I'd be worried about Wednesdays, though. Yeah. Uh, Oliver Luck, who was the commissioner for the XFL, uh, was fired and is now suing Vince McMahon for a $23.8 million. Uh, WWE released why they fired him. They fired him for, quote, gross neglect, uh, saying that he did not do his job and he basically ditched out as soon as the COVID thing started happening. Uh Personal use of a league-assisted cell phone was one of the things that they didn't like. Basically, what it looks like is that ex- that that he left the Connecticut headquarters of the XFL for his home in Indiana and quote disengaged from the league's operations uh, right as all of this stuff was starting to happen. Um, even though the XFL by that point was already kind of like instead of sticking around and making sure that they like they would do what was needed to be done during this, he took off and went home to Indiana. Um, the suit reads, and I'm quoting uh, Juan on this, put simply, at the very moment when his leadership as CEO was needed most, Luck did not devote substantially all of his business time to the XFL, as was required by his contract. Um, I'm quoting Wrestling Observer, in a response to his lawyer, Luck said that he communicated with McMahon via text during that aforementioned period of time, which he said was McMahon's preferred method, that the uh, and there was a receiver that he hired that McMahon told him not to to hire and that was Antonio Callaway, and the McMahon knew about it, and uh, all this. So basically, what what's he said? She he said she said. McMahon says Luck didn't do these things. Luck said I did. This is going to happen in court, ladies and gentlemen. None of which is going to stand up in court unless there's proof of them saying it. Exactly. So I don't. I don't. I, They're going to point. I don't see Luck. They're going to settle. Luck ain't getting twenty three point eight million. Much to do about he might, nothing. He, might get, he might get five. He might get five. Speaking of getting money, the uh, it has gotten out there that Taker looks like Taker signed a fifteen year contract in two thousand nineteen. We're waiting for absolute confirmation of this, but fifteen years. I would have to assume that that's some sort of modified Legends contract, like a Taker only contract. Where I don't think he's going to be wrestling for 15 years, but WWE is going to have him in their house for 15 years. Yeah, uh, I'm so, guessing that well, uh, the Undertaker Part Two series went out to press and somebody leaked it. That I'm thinking it's going to be said on Sunday tomorrow on uh, the Part Two of the Undertaker thing. Maybe at the end, yeah. you know, there this is, it's a it's a 
It's a series called Last Ride, and he just signed for 15 years. It's a retirement contract. And they do that in the NFL, too, for retires. Exactly, where I don't think he's going to be wrestling for 15 years. But he'll be around in WWE. He's a WWE man through and through. So, Speaking of contracts, Rey Mysterio's contract is coming due if it hasn't already expired. I don't think it has expired. I think it's in the next couple of weeks. But he hasn't signed a new contract. And rumors are out there that he is being courted by AEW, New Japan, uh, even though it's a time right now when nobody really wants to spend money, the problem with that is is neither does WWE really. They're not out here trying to put seven-figure contracts out to people in a time when they're not making any of this house money uh, or extra revenue so, and, and, and gate money. So Ray's in a bad spot. This is like the worst time your contract can come out, up because you don't really have a whole lot to negotiate with. You're not going to go get a bigger contract somewhere else either because they're all hurting as well. So bad timing, and it might be that Ray takes a crap contract and sticks around just so that Dominic isn't on WWE's bad side because he is worried about Dominic's future and wants to make sure that Dominic gets a good gig somewhere. Yep. So, so we will see what Ray decides to do. Obviously, that's what the, the eyeball spot was last Monday night. They could have had him just killed off by going off the roof, but no, they had to do the eyeball spot. So that might write him off a la Matt Hardy, or uh, that'll just be it for Ray. Or he'll come back, and we'll just see. It depends on his contract. Uh, Wrestling Observer also reports that uh, Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch for the title was supposed to be what happened at Money in the Bank, and that Shayna Baszler was supposed to win Money in the Bank originally. But all that changed when Becky announced she was pregnant. Interesting. So Nia, Nia was supposed to face Becky and then lose to her, and Shayna was supposed to win the briefcase and then be Becky's next major foil. Uh, and ultimately take the title off her, but obviously <clears throat> plans change. Tasha Steeles, formerly with the uh, Ring of Honor, has signed with Impact. I think that's a good pickup. You also might have seen her in NWA at some point. Yeah. It's a good pickup for in- Impact. So Impact's still out there making moves in the middle of all this. Um, also, moves in the opposite direction. Rachel Evers, a.k.a. Rachel Ellering, was fired from the WWE, and it might be because she complained about the medical staff. She said that she was not a fan of the treatment she was getting when she was doing her knee rehab and uh, apparently stirred the pot the wrong way. That's one of the reasons why she was fired. Uh, and then finally, Nick, 16 years ago today, one of the bloodiest matches in WWE history, Eddie Guerrero versus JBL at Judgment Day. That was 16 years ago when Eddie uh, went, to, went to blade himself in the forehead and cut a little bit too deep and started literally spurting blood until the ring just turned a bright crimson. Somehow, Eddie finished the match and then collapsed and had to get, like I think, like two pints of blood oh. he lost. Something ridiculous. It was It's so gross. It's up there with Undertaker, Brock, Hell in a Cell from back in the day. It's just like... Good Lord. Just buckets. Buckets of blood. It's still one that... like I, I can, I can t- take a lot of blood, and that one turns my stomach. Yeah. It's insane. Anyway, 16 years ago today... <sighs> So if you're if you're curious and have a strong stomach, go check it out. But that is the news. Well, thank you very much, Surrey and Dangerous. And thank you guys for joining us, especially a big shout-out to everybody that joined us in chat. We love having you guys here live while we're doing the show. Shout-out to Esme, Kyle, Rob, 
Uh, did I miss anybody? No. Okay, thank you guys very much for your super chats today. Much appreciated. We love you guys for all of the support. If you guys would like to join us, uh, we, jo we stream live here every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's youtube.com slash open. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and uh, jingle your notifications there so you get notified when we do go live. Also, come join us over in Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. You'll find us over there. Uh, BWO Podcast over on Twitter and Instagram. And you can uh, also get some exclusive rewards uh, over at patreon.com slash BWO. All of these links in the description below here on YouTube, or you can find them across our various social media profiles. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Bye bye, God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.